Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Attitude Podcast. And hey, don't forget, as always, it's brought to you 100% fan and listener supported by our fans over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. If you like the show and you like it being ad free, well, then you can help support the show and get access for yourself to over 200 hours of exclusive audio content. That's content that's not here on the main feed. We've got entire series, like nearly 100 episodes of the SmackDown crawl we have the reading ranch the bibliotech the corporate ministry of sound we've got all sorts of video episodes available with myself adam and billy all this available for a mere five dollars a month and you get instant access to that entire back catalog and you can jump out whenever you like and there's a minimum of two new pieces of content every single month so if you enjoy the show and you'd like an access to a lot of content for very little it's five dollars over at patreon.com forward slash ae podcast but enough about that it's time for two episodes of ecw on sci-fi and if adam isn't here next episode you'll know it's because i truly went too far this time i'm sorry buddy but here it is it's time for ecw's debut on sci-fi Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Podcast. Season 5 takes an extremely unnecessary diversion. Hello everyone, it's me, your old pal, the X-Men, Kevin Mann, joined as I am always by... He's not in the gang or a member of a team. He's Adam Bimbelo, or better known as Mr. Bean Bean. <laughs> Mr. Bean Bean. A long recording is not expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, let's, seriously, let's keep this one snappy, Kevin. Ah, the long night of the soul that is WWE. ECW, all sorts of feelings coming out from the uh, from the Atchera podcast community there. All sorts of feelings. All sorts of feelings, because we had a lot of people who sat back during season one, two, and three, folks a little bit younger than you and I, and be like, this is great. Someone else's nostalgia is being torn a new one. Uh-huh. And then it seems that when the shoe is on the other foot. Yeah, front, not so fun anymore, is it? And you've not got Billy Keeble endorsing it, and yeah. he's not having a good time. No. Suddenly, 2016 kicked in the mud. Isn't this full of time? Mm. It's... It's been tough, Adam. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Remarkably tough, Kevin. And you've not had the vampire's kiss of having, uh, you know, you, you know, this being a formative part of your wrestling watching no, years I've, either. I've got no nostalgia for this time period. And as I've said before, I've been loving season five so far. Had some good stuff. Had some really good stuff. I've been enjoying the Raws. I've been enjoying the pay-per-views. One Night Stand was the first, like, seriously, like, oh my God, the wheels are beginning to, like, wobble as if they're going to fall off. And then this guy over here... He suggested, why don't we do the first two episodes of ECW on sci-fi? Do you remember what it was I said when you said that, Kevin? I mean, on the episode itself, I believe it was worse to the effect of good God, no. Yes, no, was my original answer. And, and it was kind of, it, it, it made me laugh in a way where it's like, well, we're definitely doing that. I, th this feels like, almost like, you know, in a nightmare where you've missed some part of the logic. And I'm just sat here like, now, wait, wait, how did this happen? Why are we recording this? Because you didn't even talk me into it or convince no. me. The other night, we went out to see a nice, like, classical.
musical, Lord of the Rings concert, had a fabulous time. This guy turns ease, to me. Ease him in. He just turns to me and goes, so I think we'll record ECW on sci-fi <laughs> this week. And suddenly, here we are. I like, mean, you know, when there's a little bit of a gap between when we've recorded and when we've released, as what happened with ECW, you know, it's, it's often it's a bit of fun because you're like, oh, I don't remember what we talked about. Yes. This will be fun. Like, mm. you know, I'll get to hear you know, a few jokes made by past us or yeah. whatever. You should have got me to record this before I'd listened back to One yeah. Night Stand. I've heard it now and now I knew what to expect from sci-fi. But thankfully, not just our own our own uh, uh, observations we may have forgotten, but you seem to have had forgotten how strongly you denied that you were going to do this. Yes. So here we are now before the other shoe drops with two episodes of ECW on Sci-Fi, mm. the debut of the third brand of Extreme Championship Wrestling, brackets WWE. It's it's something that's apparently had been suggested for a long time, going back even to 2005 and 2004, Shane McMahon himself. <laughs> I thought you meant us reviewing no, it. Had been no, suggested. no, 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 Because I don't think I've heard a single person no, ask for that. Not at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, what, we, uh, what we had was Shane McMahon, apparently, yes. is in the early days of the, the dot-com expansion, he was talking about wanting to do kind of a third show. And originally, this was apparently going to be maybe something to do with MMA when uh, you know the UFC was kind Ooh, of no. started cooking in in the the mid two thousands. Bring Shane, back the brawl for all pops. I know, but we're going to do it on dot com where there's no oversight <laughs> when no one's going to see it. And let me tell you, for every moment there is someone being like Shane McMahon, what a visionary! You know, in in the mid two thousands, basically inventing streaming, mm. but it was less kind of a, a new dynamic platform with which to engage us with content and more like. Streaming back then was viewed as something like international waters. In the, yeah. You kind of do whatever and get away with this. It was definitely ahead of his time in terms of thinking about it being like an online exclusive show. Like that's what NXT eventually would become. Like for a time it was yeah. like exclusive to the network. It was the wrestling show you could only watch online. I think if he actually got his way and they launched it in 05 on WWE.com. I don't think it would have worked. I no. don't think people were set up and ready to watch things on no, their computer like that. You're si- you're what preempting Raw Underground by what sixteen years? Uh-huh. You know, I mean, Dabakato was not even like out of high school yet. I know you're talking about cutting the legs off the promising fourth brand. But I mean, I think about where I was at in two thousand and five. Like, I don't even know if we had broadband in 05. We may have been on dial-up. I and got it we... in. I got in 06 as I remember my in, in like my birthday in 06 is when like. I had broadband. It was like LimeWire. I'm going to try and download mm. as much ECW as humanly uh-huh. possible. That and you know, and, and much of it actually was ECW and not pornography or Bill Clinton monologues. Hey, how about that? So turn up for the books. But Lucky. I think in in the mid 2000s, I'm not. I, I can't speak to America's broadband capabilities. Even if the capability was there, what I think is that for me and for a lot of people I knew in 05, the internet was something that you accessed through the family computer. Yes. I'm not going to sit down in my dad's bedroom and watch ECW. For an hour a week, like even if yeah. I am a wrestling fan at that point in time, you ask your parents' permission to watch ECW. Uh, like, uh, uh. You know, come on. What's this Kelly's expose business? No, all no about? I'm watching like, a porno. That's what, that's what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all right. I thought you're you're watching a, a C tier brand of a of a company that's lost <laughs> its way. So going through WWE ECW's One Night Stand 2006, it was tough for me just because. I genuinely thought the show was better than it was, and I genuinely thought that it would it would stack up a little bit better. There'd be bits that would stand up on their yeah. own accord. I could hear the disappointment in your voice on the recording, the sort of the realization that this thing that I thought was all right 
actually isn't all right at all. But not like, just all right. Like I mean, that tag match with 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 Edge and and Funk in it. That that for me was like at a time that was one of my favorite matches. You told Mick Foley to his face that you liked that match, did you not? Uh, yeah, when you he, went to that book signing. That's true. I went to a book signing. It would have been just around this time, uh-huh. right after uh, uh, the pay per view, and Foley, you know, had released his book. Yep. The, the hardcore diaries and I told him I, and the whole book was just him saying how shit it was and how it didn't live up to his expectations I told him I loved it and it literally like if I walked up and I farted in his face he would have been more happy for me to be there he was genuinely more happy when my cousin Owen said is it true if I kill you I become you he was, oh, he was happier about that than me Santa being like, reference. I loved your, I loved your, oh, of course it was Santa. That's what it would have been. <laughs> that's why you like That's why it, like, I should have been like, I loved your awful ECW match and Santa. <laughs> like, oh, wow, we do. And he would have signed it all happy. Like. But obviously it was a difficult time for me as a wrestling fan because five minutes before I got him to sign my book, I scratched off my instruction and said, please sign it. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Because I was obviously very confused. You bottled it, Kevin. <laughs> Young man. And I like wrestling, I guess. <laughs> but I did come away with a different appreciation, which was uh, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton. That yes, was uh, 100%. 100% a great match. If there was any potential for the new WWE CW, it's that like, okay, guys like Kurt Angle can bring a new flavor to... What it still feels like an ECW kind of like this is a wrestler's wrestling show. Yeah, yeah. But it's a WWE guy doing it with a bit more polish and a bit more flash than you would normally get, I guess. Is it your standards? Ah, well, sure. It's never as good as you 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 once remembered when you're sitting down to review it for a, a long running wrestling podcast. Or I wonder if it's partly the case that a lot of the stuff that made that show unique or or. What that show was alluding to that it was going to have that made it unique. You can see kind of wholesale, like, very easily. You know, it's, I would say it's actually hard yeah. to keep up with the amount of stuff like that. Like, good, exciting stuff that maybe, oh, there's a bit of hardcore or a bit of, like, you know, real map-based stuff. Or Are you basically saying that if AEW didn't exist, you might have liked One Night Stand, those six No, I'm not even saying AEW. I'm just saying, like, wrestling in general yeah. at the moment. It's like, because when... when when the alluded to alternative of what it could be is kind of like the benchmark for like everything is that plus it's in front of a good crowd and it has mm-hmm. better better production values and all it is. I don't know. I feel like time has been cruel to that particular little slice that we visited. Yeah. And not just because that thing is aged badly. It's just that because, I don't know, I feel like... Uh, the stuff that is unique and good about it isn't really unique anymore. No, like. and, and that, those little scraps, and believe me, they are scraps. Yeah, crumbs. Have, have, have been taken to, to greater heights yes. elsewhere, including in the WWE itself. Yes, like, definitely. You know? Yeah, yeah so... I had a I had another plea, which was for the the Hasselmania. Uh, oh, have you tried again? I tried again. I, not only did I try, uh, Joe was upset when she found out. She was like, "Are you just using all the Podcrabs podcast to like court this Aaron Rift of no DQ?" You've been doing it on how to as well. Oh yeah, the Bobby Lashley one. I was like, "Ah yeah, oh seven with the ECW revival there. Yeah, I would have." Uh, Actually, would have been a columnist at the time. What I was trying to do was impress my wife, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not just am I a wrestling podcaster, I'm a former wrestling <laughs> columnist. <laughs> pointing at the ring as I'm doing yeah, it, like, yeah. you know? Yeah, that that surprisingly didn't earn me many brownie really? points. Really? Didn't go over. And it didn't work with Aaron Rift either, or my wife, so... Where, where have you gone, Mr. Rift? So, what I did was, I checked out my old, old... I'm talking about... The Xbox Live email address where I was in communication with NoDQ back in 06. Right. And I have found my first ever Hasselmania column. Are you fucking serious? Oh, yeah. 
Baby, uh, let's do it. I took a trip down memory lane here, shall we? You can confirm for the people in attendance how, how many your Xbox Live newsletter is here. Oh. That's right, a 2,000 Microsoft Live points bundle. He's treating himself for his birthday. 17 years ago. Kevin, you've been paying for Xbox Gold this entire time, mate. You've got to cancel that direct debit. And we're going back and back and back and back and back. Here we go. Ahem. Mick Foley and Edge versus Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer was the greatest match I've ever seen by Kevin Mann. Well, let's first of all, let's have let's have the 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 genuflection of the in front of the court. This is like my wrestling debutante's ball, basically, <laughs> where I come in and I curtsy and I do a little dance for all the Gen Xers to see uh-huh. if my shit opinions are allowed. <laughs> so this is your debut. It's my debut. This is from uh, August two thousand and seven. So we've had a a year of the ECW. Yeah, let it stew. Hi there, I've attached my submission for the columns application. This column is called Hasselmania Wrestling History Through Irish Eyes. <laughs> Don't you laugh! Sorry, sorry, okay. Because, you know, if you said all oh, wrestling history through British eyes, be like, what, through colonial eyes? All right, all right. Like, through through the, the, the grain trade or whatever it is. <laughs> the whole idea behind this column is an in-depth look at important moments in wrestling history. And their origins. <laughs> the one I submitted is about ECW and the WWE. Yes. And uh, this is where you hard sell them, folks. I have several other ideas for columns along Smay lines. Smay? I think that was meant to be similar. Oh, we should hire this guy for a right. Seriously. Job. I'm 19 and am Fro Galway, Ireland. <laughs> Kevin, you're killing this. <laughs> and I visit your website all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And here's the hard sell. We're we're, we're finishing off now. I'd love an opportunity to write for you on a frequent basis. (laughs) Thanks for your time. And I didn't even uh, write my... uh, Kevin Mahan here's Hasselmania. Wrestling history through Irish eyes. Cast your memories back to Raw circa 2002. This is long. I don't know if I want to do this. (laughs) Maybe some bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, no, I'm... Yeah, I don't want to do this. Oh, the tone has just shifted I don't want to do this anymore. I'd rather read the racist British wrestling referee poems again. You know what it is, Adam, is there's a lot of stuff here about, 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 you know, WrestleMania 23, and I just don't mm. want you spoiled. Oh, is that what it is? You're protecting season five. I mean, look, does this, yeah. does this sentence make any sense to you? Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, Matt Stryker, and Monty Brown are four of the best commodities that brand has. Oh, Kevin, no. Yeah, you don't know, do you? Oh, Kevin, no. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to read this out either if I was you. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, So, good news for the WWE versus ECW fans amongst you. We're happy to have our course corrected and be corrected. Because WWE versus ECW lost media no more. It is on the network. Yes. It's just listed not as WWE versus ECW. It's listed as the first episode of ECW. Even though ECW and Sci-Fi, this is on the USA Network. Yes. And this is a different show. It is there. It's listed as June 7th yeah, or whatever Yeah, it's not called it WWE versus ECW. You just have to go and scroll all the way back to the start of ECW and there it is. It's never been easier. But no Italian McFoley on that version. I was so. gonna say, like, I'm not saying that I don't want to be corrected. I'm happy, and I did watch in HD WWE versus ECW. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. So thank you very much. But honestly, I got to see that now. 
But you all got to hear Italian McFoley, and I think fair trade, fair trade, fair right? Trade. They're coming into our own. E loro verranno qui a casa nostra a tentare di umiliarci, ma noi non lo permetteremo. Certo, vero che non lo permetteremo. Very fair trade. So, Italian McFoley is one of the greatest commodities that that brand has. So. Uh, <laughs> So Shane O'Mac obviously didn't get his way. We never got the online ECW. No. But we got sci-fi ECW here. And I'm getting mixed reports because like I read I read like a bunch of the observers and the figure four dailies and all that stuff from, from back around this time. And the word seemed to be that there wasn't like a massive rights fee that they got up front for this. No. This seemed to be more about developing the relationship with that kind of suite of networks and keep them on the good side as, you know, you know, Ultimate Fighter and stuff is about to kick their ass. Well, Sci-Fi is owned by NBC, who also own the USA Network. Right, so it's yeah. still part of the same family of like programming, essentially, as Raw. And allegedly, the quote I heard about the Sci-Fi Network's reasoning, because a lot of people were sort of like... You do like sci-fi movies, you show the X-Files, you show Ripley's Believe It or Not, why are you showing wrestling now? And they were like, we believe that ECW fits our remit of shows that stretch the imagination. Okay, I mean, that is stretching the imagination. This is a stretch for sure. It feels like the people who came in and got this deal across the line, WWE sent their people who least knew what ECW was, and yes. Sci-Fi Network sent their people who least knew what Sci-Fi exactly. was. And they all got around together. Perfect storm. And they had some Korean barbecue, yeah. and uh, yeah. <laughs> we got a one-year order from WWE versus ECW. Well, they ordered apparently 10 weeks or so. It was only a very small order yeah. at first. They ordered like a very limited run of episodes, but Apparently the first week did such insane gangbusters numbers. Like apparently it was the number one rated show on cable full stop that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So they immediately were like, okay, let's extend this. We'll give you a full year of programming. Like, And I think, you know, now in, in retrospect, we've had a lot of wrestling shows over the years that debuted and had a killer first week number. Yes. And this show has never really been about, or show I should say, has never really been about numbers and we ratings and stuff ever like that. We rarely about it, yeah. But I think this is definitely one of the earlier periods when... I don't want to say you disregard week one, but week one has very much got an asterisk beside it if it's a hot new wrestling product. Right. And particularly as well, if it is reviving something. That's it. A popular brand from the past. And there was less new breed unleashed chat and a lot more, it's ECW. Like, if you saw the ads, they ran a lot of ads for Mm. this. Apparently sci-fi was saturated with ads, but it was all razor blades and barbed wire, (laughs) classic ECW footage. You know, they were saying you're going to see this edgy new brand. Fucking liars. <laughs> but, like, it's not even a case that they were covertly planning something else all along. And this is what happens is when you have an idea that's so, like, kind of in flux by its very nature. Hmm. Because at the start, it's like, okay, we're going to do the third brand. And it's going to be a, a touring brand as well. Yep. They had Linda McMahon doing, like, the conference call. Like, for the- Linda. I know, right? Oh, God. It's going to be extreme championship wrestling and vince i believe quite frankly it will be a new breed unleashed sorry i forgot to mention i will be (laughs) the swinging schlong of extreme and the messiah of the cult and the tribe of extreme but she said in and this is like a week after week one here Mm -hmm. she said look we're gonna have three brands now and the idea is that you got Raw, SmackDown, ECW. Three distinct brands. Completely distinct. You know, other than the colours, it's hard to tell Raw and SmackDown apart in ethos, yes. in fairness. But they were going to run ECW in smaller arenas. Yep. 
and we had this idea that over summer we were going to hit some of the classic ECW spots, like the ECW Arena in, in Philly. Yes. And we go around the old loop, small 3,000, you know, less than 3,000 seat arena. Love that idea. And we build up in big, hey, if you're a more mature fan, you want to go see this show with some of the classic ECW stars and you're a hardcore fan, you want to see the up-and-comers, go see ECW, you yeah. know? And quite quickly that turned on its head to let's record it before SmackDown. Yes. So it looks exactly like SmackDown. Why do you think it was that they did that in your mind? Much cheaper and it would actually <laughs> actually sell the arena as well, probably. Like people are gonna go and see SmackDown, come a bit early and watch ECW as well. Like But the problem was is that this first week is taped before SmackDown. Yep. Every week after that it was taped after SmackDown. Oh no, so everyone would leave. Yes. Oh no. And there is a distinct difference in the anticipation level with the audience between week one and week two as a result of that. But a big yeah. thing was that Vince didn't want there to be TV in arenas where he couldn't have pyro. That's such a pointless way to look at it with ECW of all things. I know. Like, and like, I'm looking pyro at... brings nothing to this brand. Other than you give Taz go, Oh, we don't have pyro in ECW. But yeah, then, complaining about it. But then when Big Show comes out, go, Oh, you've not seen Big Show's pyro in person. You can't see how big it is. For fuck's sake. And I think, you know, this is absolutely noted by the fact that they went back and forth about there was going to be TV and then there wasn't. There was going to be a house show and then there wasn't about like, will they do the ECW arena? Right. Backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards they finally did do a couple of house shows there i think then you know the the, the house show loop for ecw on its own it, it lasted maybe a month or two yeah, i can't that's imagine that's selling very well at all to be honest you know but like, that's where they started debuting people like cm punk and yeah. kevin thorne and all that you see now like the only time they've ever successfully done this whole third brand idea was with the original nxt in yeah. full sale that's because you and i we both we separately were so saw, into that like, we saw that as a separate brand we saw it toured, yeah in a smaller arena than we would yep. have seen raw or smackdown in and it was and a great vibe it was a great vibe because you felt like you had kind of a, a hot more hardcore crowd but you know it was it was laid out very nice the show was timed properly it yep. wasn't like an eight hour indie wrestling death march it was a good professional production yes. but it felt like you were going to see a small indie show but it's like hey there's finn balor and asker like actual stars yeah, yeah yeah and with the tv product of nxt the fact that it was in full sale alone literally made it look like oh okay this is very different to raw and smackdown look you can see just by looking at it this is a different show it's in a different environment and that was something i was hoping for with ecw I can't tell you how disappointed I was loading up this first episode. I thought it was going to be in the Hammerstein Ballroom again. <laughs> oh, like, And it's literally just like, oh, it's fucking... It's not even Raw or SmackDown. It looks like main event, essentially. <laughs> like, really fucking underwhelming. You want to talk about a, a long trip through uh, hell and back? Scrolling through all of them still images on the network to get you to the first episode of ECW. Yep. A lot more Matt Hardy and uh, Great Khali than I thought I would have yeah. seen, to be honest. <laughs> For ECW, yeah. Oh boy, oh boy. But I think ultimately what we're going to get here with these two episodes and our little taste of ECW is not necessarily a case of too many cooks spoiling the broth. Because I genuinely think at this point, we don't have many creative visions. This is like... You've got a meal, but there's like 20 Greg Wallace's tasting it going <laughs> all over each other, you know? Because you've got Paul Heyman, who's meant to be in charge. Supposedly. But then you also have Stephanie McMahon, who's there. She's in charge of like all the brand guidelines. So she's making sure that nothing on ECW is going to go against what Vince wants mm -hmm. and the advertisers want. She answers to Vince, but also Paul Heyman answers to Dave Lagana, who ironically enough was made the head writer of SmackDown when Heyman was in charge. Right. So Heyman's been eaten by his own apprentice here. Okay. And apparently it's an absolute snipe's nest and everyone's just in there trying to fuck everyone over politically. Mm. 
and ECW has now become this like battleground for Stephanie and Lagana and Vince and Heyman and Tommy Dreamer's lost all of his power in the intervening <laughs> days. And it's just it's it clearly is something that has no direction yeah, whatsoever. Completely directionless this. Dare I say this show could have done with Vincent Man going, nah, fuck it, do this and actually give the clarity of an old man changing his mind at the eleventh hour. At least there'd be something then, some sort of purpose. Tuesday night, June thirteenth. It's ECW on Sci-Fi from Trenton, New Jersey. Uh. Let the bodies hit the floor. Before we get into the episode, Kevin, this is on the Sci-Fi Network. I wanted to put myself in the Sci-Fi frame of mind 2006 oh, here. What did you Sci-Fi? I looked up the old TV listings from the time. <laughs> this debut episode of ECW was preceded by a showing of the 2004 movie Immortal, which is one of the first movies to be made entirely on a green screen. Wow! Nothing really of note about it. It's like a sort of a French low-budget CGI sci-fi movie. But it's got um, like Randy Couture and Bob Holly in it. Or no, whatever. not not even. But a lot of the CGI in this film was done by Quantic Dream of all wow, people. They how helped about out. That? Yeah, so a cursed way to start off this episode on sci-fi. Ah, the long shadow of abuse and bad business practices cast a pall over ECW. Actually, yeah, that goes hand in hand with Almost, ECW. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And if you stuck around after ECW, you can carry on watching and catch a, a screening. The, the Tuesday Night Thrill Zone continues with Hellraiser 8, baby. Oh! That's the one which is set in the internet, I believe. Ah, uh, yes. That's when they have to download the Seekers to uh, the Ocho to uh, uh, crack <laughs> Hellraiser's curse. So a killer lineup on sci-fi. Fucking hell, I can't believe they didn't stop after number eight. You know what? The more I think about it, the more I do think, actually, you know what, guys? You're right. It does fit your remit completely. ECW fits in here perfectly. Yeah, good Lord almighty. Uh, I'll tell you that opening, it did a little job of making me feel like whatever the old... Mm -hmm. Kevin felt about ECW on the one night stand 2006 yep. you know it, it had it's good, good use of footage it was good hype up showing you a little bit different we get my favourite thing in a wrestling opening package which is when you have the in the song synced up with a Kurt Angle going as well so it looks like he's singing <laughs> can we talk about the longevity of bodies because I don't think we mentioned yeah. it on, uh, on, on one night stand it was used in one night stand 2006 2005 mm -hmm. it was used for a good run of, of ecw on sci-fi here also found out it was used in ovw would you believe for their really? weekly tv yeah well, don't forget stephanie mcmahon owner of ecw leader of the alliance yeah, came the, out to bodies this like... was the this was the theme for invasion and mm -hmm. then it was the theme for the alliance and it was then stephanie's theme for a, a while as well they got their money's worth out of it they sure did even though i'm sure anyone who's familiar with striding pool i think that the lead singer had long since passed away at this point he died like i think you're right he died yeah. tragically young like in 2001 or thereabouts i believe he did yeah i can hear it in billy's voice yeah him being like he's dead now <laughs> yeah he, and i know there was big controversy as well because there was some like mass shooting where this was used oh god uh, you know it was, it was piped out and they had to be kind of like oh let's distance ourselves from it let's Jeez. distance ourselves from the use of this music but Jesus. WWE absolutely no qualms no whatsoever yeah. you know very much like ECW itself ah, it's just lying on the side of the road hey this is a lot cheaper than the last time we licensed it that's great <laughs> how come Metallica can't do this <laughs> uh, what's, the, what's the deal here well, we've got happy Paul Heyman introducing us here, representing ECW. Representing. The ECW representative himself, Stop Paul Heyman. saying that. This is ECW for fuck's sake. And being like, 
he's meant to be kind of healed, but it's meant to be like, oh, is we're he? all... Well, like, because he's like, the decision still stands. What I did with, with Rob Van Dam, even though I'm not a referee, he's still the champion. You know, he's it's it's it's, it's technically okay. <laughs> and, like, you want to have a rah, rah, this is fucking ECW. Right? It's our first night. We're going to be getting on board. We're the hardcore fans that care about this brand. And him just kind of, like, you're moseying into the ring and being like, it still stands. Fucking hell. No, no, Rob is. There is no asterisk. <laughs> For me, I would have had him come. Like you open, he's in the he's in the ring. This, my friends, is yeah. ECW. Yeah, I'm the swinging. Have him on a pendulum. I'm the swinging slam <laughs> of extreme. <laughs> Some of the green screen from the movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I would have just had like cut straight into a match that was going to yes. go. Whoa, you know. And instead, we have a very low energy. Not quite important enough for Raw, but nope. not really SmackDown. It'd be like if there was a really hot episode of Heat where some of the main stars appeared on for whatever reason. What are you doing now? Like? Yeah, it's kind of like everyone Heat first starred in like 98 and 99. Yeah. The Undertaker would be like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> idiot, go out and do something. You know? <laughs> it felt like that. And we have John Cena in the mix here. Yes, we got a little recap on Raw of John Cena coming out and saying that he thinks he likes it. <laughs> he's not that squeaky, sadly. No, no, he's not, but John Cena thinks he likes ECW. He's vowing to come out here like to try and boost the ratings. He will be on ECW tonight. Yeah, just as John Cena is saying, I think I like it, Like everyone who's tuning in is like, I think I don't like this. <laughs> Talk about the misdirection in this introduction and kind of the whole the whole starting off bit here because when they were showing us clips in the pay per view, yep. you got Terry Funk in there, yep. Mick Foley. Mm -hmm. They had stuff like Dreamer going through a million tables, yep. and, some you know, classic ECW, yeah, like, like just yeah. stuff where it's like oh, it's classic ECW, but obscured enough though that you can't tell. Yeah, I, I feel like you're not selling me on what you're planning on making not at all because if you watch this package you're going to think you're going to see some wrestling on this show <laughs> and you're not going to see any of that folks paul looks knackered he looks so fucking tired he looks like he's come out of his fourth meeting that could have been an That's email it. yeah i feel like there has been a lot of fucking stuff going on backstage in the run-up to this first episode and like you know i i'm always i'm reviewing the main pay-per-views as always over on the hg wrestling patreon mm -hmm. so you know what i finished watching this episode of ecw i went i watched my clips from from monday night raw right before wrestlemania mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see a man age up 17 years and you have a clarity and a uh, calmness and a rejuvenation yep. much healthier and happier like i know Heyman during the uh the the kind of the down and dirty days of ecw was always like mr zero hours sleep drive yeah. around his corvette with the 10 o'clock shadow on him yeah but this paul Heyman here is just like Gotta shave. Uh. Gotta eat my Bellevue. Uh, oh, no. This, my friends, is ECW. <sighs> Poor fuck. I mean, I do feel bad for him. I feel it's for him. It's a rare time to feel bad for Heyman. Like, all of us now watching this show, this is where all the fans are realizing, like, oh, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. He's seen but into the future. That's it. He's already got the good 48 what hours. What will I up. see? <laughs> You will see many things. Will I see the power of the X-Men? For fuck's sake. He looks in like, ah, it's the scourging of the territory. He offers ECW to Stephanie. You would offer it to me so freely. Or announcers are dressed in all black tonight, fitting as we are burying the last remnants <laughs> of whatever you could describe as that ECW feeling. 
It is very funereal here tonight. Yeah, Jesus, like, they, all they're missing is, like, the dirt splashed up against them that they've been stood oh. by the open grave as the shit has been mucked over. <laughs> Rob Van Dam is out next to kick off the new era of ECW, and he similarly looks fucking exhausted. This is where I realise just how bad things are going to be here. Because Rob Van Dam comes out and gets no reaction from the crowd. This is a not a crowd that are coming up thinking they're getting ECW necessarily. This is like a SmackDown crowd. Oh, they're here to see SmackDown. There are a few hardcores here who are like they saw ECW on the on the, the marquee yeah. or whatever. But this isn't the Hammerstein ballroom crowd. This isn't the hardcore no. crowd. Like you probably would have had a more hardcore crowd in Raw in Kentucky a couple of weeks back. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense now you've said that, because if they're here to see SmackDown, this is like when you go to a gig and there's like three support acts and you've not got the energy to give it all this and go 10 out of 10 screaming for the supports. You're saving yourself for the actual headliner. These oh, people man. here are not giving them anything. Like Adam, it's not boding well for week two when we're going to do this at the end of the <laughs> after, Imagine putting the supports on after the headliner. Fucking like. hell. Couple of local lads doing well. But yeah, Rob just... I think Rob has had some of the joy snapped out of him. Yeah, he seems dead inside. And forgive me, because I'm, you know, someone who's probably contributed to this narrative. I've done, you know, Rob Van Dam and Sabu episodes for, for How To, but, like, I think a lot of people pick the point where Rob and Sabu are pulled over a couple of weeks after this, and Rob loses the belt, and mm-hmm. Sabu goes on a losing spree, and it's, like, punishment all around for ECW. Let the record show, Your Honour, that Rob Van Dam had whatever twinkle in his eye snuffed out long before yeah, that's it. he got pulled over and tested positive for having a twinkle in his eye. Because <laughs> Rob has just been given the world title yep. in biggest match, his favourite match of his career. Yep. And he, you know, he's, he's been crowned, coronated. He's the guy. And he's going to get coronated again here. Yes. He's going to be given another world championship. Mm-hmm. And he just doesn't seem like he's feeling it, for he's lack of a better term. Not into it at all. Is he tired as well? I don't know. Like, if this is before SmackDown, you can't even make that argument that it's getting on in time a yeah. little bit and everyone's knackered. I don't know why the energy is so low. But he comes out and he's like, the other night, I defeated John Cena. Mild booze from the crowd. Yeah, have, have I gaslit myself in the past because another suspiciously pro-Cena crowd. Yeah, they boo the fact that he beat Cena. And then he goes, and I won this and holds the belt up literally crickets not a peep from the crowd like what is strange is that we spent all the run up to ECW one night stand 06 saying that we were going to rechristen the championship I know that is bogus they made such a big point of being like we're going to put the WWE belt in the bin and replace it with ours like I mean they were obviously wanting to cast their mind back to the controversial days of you know mm-hmm. the Monday Night Wars whether We've it's lost our champion like... oh is it Medusa putting the belt in the bin or is it Cactus Jack spitting on the WCW tag belt or is it Mike Awesome and Taz and all yeah. the, 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 the strangers going on with that belt there? And the reality is, is that the most shocking thing that you get from all this is that Vince McMahon allowed Paul Heyman to even allude to them throwing down a belt yeah. or saying, I don't want this. It's never going to happen. Like, like, whatever, they're going to spit on it. No way. They're going to throw it down. But could you even imagine Rob Van Dam going, I don't want to be WWE champion. This is the real title here. Like. Hell no. But that would have helped. That would have at least given the actual ECW belt something. Well, uh, Instead, what we get here is Rob going, I've thought about it. 
I think I'm going to keep them both. <laughs> it's so lame. This is a bad omen for the new breed unleashed. Yeah. You've just unleashed it and no one seems that into it. <laughs> you can't re-unleash. It's a one-time deal. <laughs> there, you, you catch a small contingent of hardcore uh, crowd members uh, mm-hmm. here. The Hassle Maniacs. Oh, for fuck's in, sake. In the front row who were like, throw it down. Throw it really? down. Throw it down. I'm sorry, I'm stop. I'm stop. Oh, blast. Look, if we give you a free test t-shirt, will you stop <laughs> chanting, throw it down? <laughs> yeah, all right. This new shirt says legitimately bad bones. I'll put that on there. <laughs> Stick that on there. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll be all right. It's all right. He is given the ECW. They say it's the new ECW belt. Is just it's the original. It's the original belt. Yeah, nice belt. And hand it over to him. Paul kind of fumbles it in the bag. Mm. And then Rob goes, yay, the WWE would spin, so I've got them both. Again, nothing. M- Miles, like, great. Congratulations. When's SmackDown starting? Yeah, when, when's the animal Dave Batista yeah, returning seriously. to action? You know? Now you've pointed that out, I cannot stop thinking about like everything. I've got so many notes here about like why do the crowd not care? It's because they're not here to see this. Oh like, man, it's the debut episode. It's I mean, the first one. Like just writing it, and this is why like wrestling can't. You have to see the shit, I guess, a lot of the time because if you like Rob Van Dam beat John Cena for the WWE title. Ah, and then he, on the debut of the new ECW show, he was given a second world title. Yeah. And he's Rob like, Van Damme. I'm going to have both. I'll be a double world champion. Yep. Mr. fucking Monday and Tuesday night. But like, you watch it and it's like, just a lad with two fucking belts. Looking I stupid. really feel like this arena is what's killed this for me. Like, if they'd have done what you said before, kept it to small arenas, like 3,000 people, forget about the pyro or whatever cram in some actual ECW fans into a smaller space, at least there'd be an atmosphere. Yeah. There is literally zero atmosphere here. I feel bad for Rob, and because he's getting a chance to be the guy, but what Rob thinks now, like I think for Rob, beating John Cena, I don't think he was under any impressions that he was going to be like you know the monday night raw no you're not you're not taking his spot yeah i don't think he thought he was gonna become like the figurehead of the company you know i think he thought he's become the figurehead of ecw and what would that mean like putting on cool matches doing your thing having a different vibe being counterculture and yet he's here now with two belts and being like right mr fucking main event yeah here you are here's the microphone time you're the man kicking off the new show and he's like uh and he's a bit deer in the headlights paul has to keep pointing about going what are you gonna do with this one rob what are you gonna Mm. do with this one what are you gonna do oh i'm gonna keep this one and that one what are you gonna do with that one oh uh this one um it spins, it spins. Uh, i'm like man it's it's not a main event guy not promo. at all is it uh, but like you're making them play like raw like this is just trying to be raw yeah we had an, an opening package about the show and then what's going to come up later on who's coming in from the big show and then we had an in-ring segment with the authority figure and the champion. This feels like when Paul Heyman was stood with Curtis Axel being like, tell him, big man. And they're like, what? <laughs> These two don't fit together. And it's fucking Rob Van Damme. If anyone should fit with Paul Heyman, it's RVD. Yeah, did you like, remember like our season three we were talking about like, uh, Heyman was like like borderline ruining shows going out of his yeah. way to put over Rob. Uh-huh. And yeah, I think it's just safe to say long before Rob got stripped of the belts and that was still bullshit and still unfair. Yeah. But, like, they had their minds made up. Like, he wasn't being no long-term champion. He was nah. losing his belts to Edge at Vengeance. Definitely. You know, pot or no pot. Yeah. That simple no as that. No matter what. Edge interrupts. Oh, already. Already! We're, like, three minutes in, and here comes the WWE guy. Strange canon here, because Edge is coming out, and Heyman is like, Ladies and gentlemen, my favorite Raw superstar and the sexy sin pot leader, it's Edge. I love Edge. 
He was literally chastising yeah, your company. Where's this coming from? What? Didn't him and Rick Foley said they were going to kill the legacy they of ECW? Spent weeks, like, just dismissing ECW wholesale. And, like, not only is it... Or, I thought it'd be like, kind of, all right, Heyman is, like, the sleazy promoter. He's meant to be playing both sides. Sucking up, maybe. But you got Taz and Joey be like, Duh, I like Edge. Edge is really great. Because he got invited. He's like, a, he's like a guest. He's allowed to be here. Okay, I guess. And I'll tell you, they're all happy that he's here. Edge isn't happy that no, he's here. he is not. This is beneath him. I think, you know, it's interesting with, with Billy, how he's been talking about Edge being like, you know, he felt the rest of May 22 that Edge was like, he was in like kind of a lower position than he should be. Yes. And I think Edge feels that. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. Here, now that Randy Orton is back from his suspension, and Randy feels like he's more of a top heel than Edge does. Mm-hmm. Edge just feels like he's like, third or fourth in the top now yes. apparently he wasn't very happy about this apparently at, at all you can tell i think a lot of unhappy people going around here at the moment this is so fucking lame here where <laughs> edge says to rob like i just want to let you know i think you did a good job at beating john cena on sunday and it's gonna be an honor to face you at vengeance and they shake hands and then and, then, then taz and joey start yeah. like this is what ecw's about it's the respect joey respect, you know all about respect all about respect and then edge he spears RVD. So low energy. And they're like, oh, that's just typical WWE, the disrespect. Oh, wait a minute. That's not respect. That's disrespect. So now WWE is like the disrespectful counterculture brand. <laughs> <laughs> and ECW is like the honorable, respectful place where wrestlers shake hands and now. And Paul is like, like, what do you know? No! You speared one of my wrestlers. You can't do that outside of a match. There's one thing I, I hate, and I hate it a lot more than just like kind of the guy comes out and he's like, hey, brother, I'll see you later on. And then, like, yeah. he's like, but down. Oh. You know, the real, like, kind of brand yeah. smack What a down, heel. Smackdown 2 heel turn or whatever. <laughs> it's when clearly Rob is like, well, wait a minute, I'm going to look like an asshole if I do this. And so then we have to bring out John Cena. And yep. what we have here now is that you could set it to the Benny Hill theme, essentially. <laughs> this is so shit. Which is like three lads who by rights are like meant to be the three top guys. And Triple H is like, I ain't never going to be on EC. Yeah, I'll, literally. Me, me and Sean are the new top baby faces. Look at them all toiling around, <laughs> pissing about over the WWE Championship <laughs> like a bunch of fucking idiots. And it's like, John comes out and he bops Edge, but yeah. then like Edge bops John, but then Rob bops Edge, and it's like everyone has to get like a crumb of heat. Littlest bit. Yeah. And then the big <gasps> oh, shocking no. angle. Paul Heyman gets punched. Oh. Oh my god. And I will say, I tried to write down here because that's what they said in commentary that Rob got punked out. Mm-hmm. But my autocorrect here on my notes app said, kept, kept going back, insisted on me saying, Rob Van Dam is being repeatedly oinked out. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul Heyman gets hit with a big old John Cena 2006 clumsy right hand. And the line of the night is Taz going, huh, Paul Heyman just got a haymaker. Oh, fuck me. (laughs) ECW, ECW, <laughs> everything about ECW is to the extreme, the puns, <laughs> the, the humour, <laughs> the wordplay. <laughs> what a horrible, horrible start. I, I was excited to see John Cena. What the fuck is going on here? Yeah, and seriously. Craig made more of a pop for John than like most people tonight. That says it all, I think. Oh my God, oh this my This gave me such instant WWA vibes where I'm just sort of like, 
what's gone on here? Like, you've got all of the components and the yeah. right talents. You've got everything there to make a like, good on, show. On paper, that's an opening segment for for a show, a wrestling show that's for broadcast TV. That's it. Like, Paul, Paul Heyman brings work? out RVD. They brag about having the new titles. And then Edge and Cena come out and you have a brawl. On paper, that makes sense. It's a very exciting way to kick it off. They fucking whiffed it so bad. Yeah. I mean... It's not just the fact that the audience aren't there. It's not just that, no. And it ain't because John Cena is there, and it ain't because Edge is there. There's a million reasons why you think in your mind you could have blamed this. Mm. But the reality is, is that I don't think there was any way to put something out there that would have made any of the people in the back happy. And this is a show to make people in the back appear to be happy. Mm. Like this is this is what happens when you put a wrestling show that the, the wrestling fans who you're meant to be aiming for are like the ninth most important thing. Yeah. This is very much a WWE classic. We're gonna build it and you're gonna come. We don't care if you want to see us building it or not. We're <laughs> watch happening. it. It's like, happening, right? Deal with it. Fucking hell. Backstage the lads, the ECW lads, <sighs> the faithful, listen to Paul Heyman who threatens to take a bus full of extremists to Raw. So, <laughs> we're literally five minutes into the show and it's already becoming about invading Raw, Raw versus ECW. Like, we couldn't go five minutes without making it a battle of the brands. Like. That, and that was the point where I remember I watched this, like, you know, as soon as I could. I can't yeah. remember if they showed it live on Sky Sports or not, but I remember staying up late to watch it whenever it was broadcast. And this was the point where I was like, oh no, because I just thought, We've just come off of, like, how many months of ECW Invasion right. stuff? keep them separate. And in 05, we had ECW Invasion. Mm-hmm. And in 01, we had an Invasion. I thought, yeah. like, week one is not when we should be threatening no. fourth, fourth or fifth Invasion. That's like doing the first ever brand split and then immediately having Raw versus SmackDown the next week. Like, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I think we'll do that. Oh, no. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> every time there's a brand split from 2016 <laughs> onwards. I mean, like, you can tell that they are writing this on the fly because come Raw, this is retconned away. Yes. So you're the bus full of extremists. No. Never materialized. It, it, what they mean is RVD and Sabu are going to show up on Raw next week. What's this? A bus full of extremists? Are they going to Washington? Is Chris Jericho's wife amongst them? <laughs> hey everyone, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the extremist bus. Well, that she sounds exactly like Jericho. Of course. <laughs> obviously, you know. They all chant ECW. And that's mm. a mistake because um, in ECW, the wrestlers didn't chant it. No. Nope. It, it was the fans. That's so lame that they're the ones chanting it. Because like... it makes them seem like they're, they're marks. Yeah, for they're all marks for was. the brand. And also, they're all mates. So we're never going to see these guys at each other's throats because they're all just like united in their love of working for ECW. Like... Like, I, first night of this, I thought the way to go is do like old ECW have like a block, a two or three minute block where there's like back-to-back-to-back promos where it's like, hey, I'm Tony Mamaluka. This is the Guido. We're the FBI. Yeah, who are these people? I'm Big Guido. You might remember me from my super (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend. You know, and then they go cut, cut, cut. And you you could have put in, you know, Kevin Thorne in there or or whatever it may be. Tell us who these superstars are. Sorry. Tell us who these extremists are. Adam, they're wrestlers at the moment. Okay. They're wrestlers, then rebels, then extremists, rebels. then superstars. Oh. Chart a course with me, if you will, through That's 2006. That's the pipeline. That's the pipeline. <laughs> Everyone becomes like, superstars eventually. Oh. He's got to rebel a little bit, and then you go extreme, extreme, and then he's become a superstar. Settle down. <laughs> it's not for you at home. That's what we're saying here. That is literally <laughs> it, yeah. This right up front seems to be sort of like they are setting across the message like, no, 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 not like that. You you wanted this? That's not what you're getting. This is not for you anymore. And, you know, TNA 
is running at the moment, and they're running on quite a strong anti-WWE platform. And what's interesting is that around this time, Heyman was doing interviews, and he was running on quite a strong anti-TNA platform. Uh-huh. And like he was trying to big up this brand before it even debuted by being like, well, it's going to be an alternative, because what have you got over in, in TNA? You've got a load of people complaining about their WWE experience. You've got no one saying... This is my TNA experience. And I get, you know, there were some grumbles and stuff like that. I get, mm-hmm. you know, there were certain people who went over there. Some of your roster literally on this show will be there before oh. the end of the year. What was interesting about that was that there was this idea that whatever the crowd was that WCW and ECW had that were not WWE crowd, that had somehow dissolved. Yes. And WWE came and went and they couldn't get that. And TNA haven't been able to get a big enough audience but this first week of ratings from ECW, mm-hmm. that showed you that maybe they were ECW fans, maybe they were all just non-WWE fans, but there was a couple of million people here when you shook the tree to make them come out. You would have thought to give them a crumb to make them stay around. Right. Not like, hey, look, we attracted all these people. <laughs> Go away! Get out of here, you! Don't ever come back. Seriously, <laughs> it feels aggressive and antagonistic. Like The more we get into it and the more we go through this... It feels like this has been designed to put people off of ECW. Case in point. Oh, we've, we've synced up nicely here. Wait a minute. What's that over there? All the way over there. Behind the wall. That's the zombie, brother. That's riveting right there. The hell is this guy about? This is laughable. It's the zombie. He's he's all the way over. He's slowly coming to the ring. So slowly. Fuck me. Call of the night here. I spent a lot of time in ECW and I never saw no zombie. Huh, he's the new breed unleashed, that's for sure. They are like caught between making fun of themselves. That's it. And like making fun of like sports entertainment in inverted commas. Yes. But I don't know. It's like you can't keep mocking things that are sports entertainment. And then your show, which is only 40 minutes long. That's it, yeah. Take out the ads and you've got 40 minutes of TV time here. A hazard, yeah. A good third of this could be generously classified as sports entertainment. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you don't need to go very far to see lads pointing and making fun of something that they could have sensibly made fun of themselves for. Mm. But that's what we're getting here in ECW. Look how stupid this is. This is like something you'd see on Raw. Anyway, here we are in ECW. The zombie (laughs) making his way to the ring. What do you know about the legend? Of the zombie, brother. I've done a little bit of looking into this, actually, yeah. So, from what I understand, this was sci-fi's involvement. And this was them basically saying, we want to have some sort of sci-fi character on your ECW show. Do you know what they wanted before the zombie came out, though? I've I've heard three different things. Oh, okay. Why don't you take me through the, the options here? Okay, option one, and this is the one that I know was definitely... Definitely the case mm. because the costume was ready to go, and we actually see the costume in an episode. I believe Raw or Saturday Night's main event coming up when Vince is doing one of his walkabouts backstage uh-huh. to see all the weird shit going on. But it was going to be a Martian. That's what I heard as well. Yes, and a Martian. Adam, I'm not going to lie, looks very similar to our old friend from the SmackDown crawl, e- or better known e- as Mr. E. E. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Now, this apparently, according to Sandman, who did a couple of shoots around this mm-hmm. uh, around this time, or about this time, I should say, he said that 20 minutes before they were going out, yep. and they were going to go live, this was like live to tape, so it's like plus 
plus 30, 40 minutes or whatever yeah, it was. They it were has to be done. Live-ish. Snappy. 20 minutes before, Sandman thought he was going out in Kane in the Martian. Yep. The, the man was literally in the Martian gimmick. Mm-hmm. And then the last second, they're like, no, 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 take it off. He's a zombie now instead. Yep. The other ones I heard, though, was that it was going to be a Native American. Oh, jeez. Except, let me tell you, folks, they didn't call him no Native American. No, I bet. It's 2006. We're like a year removed from Don Marie dressing up as a sexy Native American. Mm. And not call that either. Mm. <laughs> but also, I heard... And apparently, like, a pop against the Food Network, who the sci-fi had some sort of a fake feud with, right. they were going to have a chef. Fuck me. And be like, hey, I'm a chef. <laughs> whoop a man And Sandman's like, because Sandman now, as we all know, he doesn't eat food anymore. He only smokes cigarettes. That's why he looks the way he does. Oh, God. All I can say is, regardless of who or what it was going to be, Sandman was going to do the same thing regardless. Yes. And that is Cain the Holy Hell. Yeah, stiff the fuck out of them. So I, I got that corroborated about the Martian from okay. an interview with Tim Arson, who is the indie wrestler who played the zombie. And he's no longer with us, I yeah, believe. He, yeah, he passed away in 2015, unfortunately. But he said it was sci-fi's idea. They wanted a Martian. And it was going to be someone else that was going to play the Martian. And the guy was all dressed up, but apparently just took off. And then Paul Heyman was suddenly running around really? backstage. And apparently Paul was running around going to Tommy Dreamer like, what are we going to do? Sci-Fi wants a zombie now. And they, they picked this guy instead to be the zombie. What he also claims in this same interview, though, mm? is that the spot was scheduled for him to be against RVD on night one of ECW. Okay. But Sandman got such a strong reaction on the pay-per-view on Sunday, they decided to give him the nod instead. Wow. And let him have the honor. Can you imagine ECW and WWE heavyweight champion RVD fighting the zombie? I don't know, seen the five star onto the zombie, and then the <laughs> dust clouds, like a nuclear bomb going off. Can I just say, right, let's strip away that this is ECW, or it's meant to be ECW. Supposedly. Let's strip away that this is the first match on the debut episode. Like, everything that's wrong about this. Because yep. fundamentally, I'm not, I can't defend this. Okay. But I will say, I fucking love this. If I adore this. If me and you went to some nearby hockey rink to yes. see a small indie show, and this happened in the middle of it, I would Five fucking stars. Yeah, freak out, match of the night. That's my favourite spot. What a fun thing to see. I remember we did the Sandman episode for How To, and I think we, we ended up watching like nearly all, because this is a long-running thing. Yeah. Sandman does this with like nine people. Like He attacks a guy who claims to be a priest at one point. Like and On paper, the way you laid it out on the One Night Stand review, I like that idea of, of him ECW, defending yeah. and being like, that's not ECW or whatever. But they don't get that across on TV. No. It's just like, it's a goofy character and uh-oh, Sandman's got to fight him again. Like, I mean, I'd rather see Sandman do this than go out and like wrestle a three-minute oh, squash for like Danny Doran yeah, or yeah, whatever it sure. is. You know? even so, they don't pull off what was a decent idea in the first place. The zombie, hell of a promo. Uh, That's the problem, though, is that you got the the, the, the old crowd and they're not, they're not giving them the time, are they? Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> he worked this gimmick on the indies afterwards. Did he, really? he did. He, he kept the, the, the gimmick going and he, he just popped up and went, uh, you know, just. I mean, I mean fair play. That's a like, great. Because no, one can, free, no like, one can trademark zombie. That's it, it's yours, mate. He gets whacked with the Singapore cane. Oh, does he ever? Cloud of dust. Mm-hmm smacked him like the crowd react for this like you know this isn't like a pop as much as a ah, like there's a there's a good gasp mm. of what happens here this engages with the audience at it does least. wake people up it's finally a bit of action at least even if it's not very good action and salmon nearly falls so many times on his way to the ring i know 
in the same interview with Tim Arson here, the, the interviewer asked him, like, oh, was Sandman pissed off or whatever? Because he was laying it in pretty hard. He was like, oh, no, he wasn't pissed off. He was just sober, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the reasons Sandman is in this amazing shape he here. Is, yeah, he looks ridiculously good. And we're in the rock and the hard place because little Billy was like, oh, he looked like Human Bender. I'm like, <laughs> yes. However, this... Before Human Bender goes off yeah, the rails. There is, like... there is, like, a lack of vices here for Sandman. Yeah. I I heard about them and like this is a lot of lot of his compatriots have done shoot interviews and be like hey what was it like working with Sandman this year and that year and the resounding reaction is man I much prefer working Sandman in the old ECW really why is that I was like well when he was drunk he hit straight (laughs) oh god and you can see there's a lot of these shots where it's like it's like a lightsaber coming through your ear going like he's gonna chop that shit right off and apparently he, he had the bit of the shakes and bam. Oh right, so the drink would steady his like his nerves. I think bit. so, like, yeah. And he's in like Sandman is like for a lad in his forties, he's in fucking he's ripped. He's like, very sinewy, isn't he? Yeah, he's lost all of his body fat. He smoked himself thin. Like. <laughs> he is uh, dangerous as ever with that Singapore cane. Yeah, I always love. I always pop for Sandman. You know, he's one of my absolute just favorite things in wrestling you mm. know it's something from my childhood i always thought was like magic and mysterious then it became this thing that just makes me feel like warm and fuzzy inside yeah someone sent me a clip from i think it was ddt pro or whatever it was where it was like a sandman battle royale and everyone comes out to enter sandman Fucking from the crowd a, that's you know? so good <laughs> and i just feel like whatever about the man or whatever it is i'm not defending this weirdo who took his fucking dick out in the last no. ECW show it's just this gimmick this is part of the bedrock of whatever late 90s wrestling was mm. you know this is kind of why ECW was special in the first place. Yeah. And if they're going to preserve one thing and make it into a weird, I don't know, moron mountain Mr. Schwackhammer version of it, uh, I'm glad it's the Sandman, brother. Yeah. You know, he's going to be up there on moron mountain smacking bee stars and monsters <laughs> with his Singapore Fraternity. Sandman wins with the white Russian leg sweep. And I submit to you, if Metallica had just had the balls. The balls. The balls. Imagine that. Sandman doing this set to, set to Metallica. <laughs> I want to go to a Metallica concert and them to do the... Fuck me. Give James a rest while he's, while he's chilling the pipes for yeah. St. Anger. Then he wants to hit the breath. big one. Then catch his breath, you know. <laughs> Joey and Taz, we cut back to them and... There's no, like, match or segment they've done that can explain this right now. They're just kind of, like, a bit disheveled and embarrassed. So it's kind of like they're at a birthday party that's not really kicked off. I'm like, great having you here. You all yeah. right? There's a lot of brave facing from these guys here. Having a good having a good time, are you? Mm. Yep. And Taz's like, oh, that's the first official match in ECW. Oh, it's, it's over and done with now. Close up on Laughing Sandman is a scary size. Yes. He is a very, very scary man at this point. Hmm. <laughs> It's Kelly Kelly. The K-bomb. The K-factor. K-squared. She's just 19. She's 19. If you know what I mean. Oh, Kevin. I really wish you hadn't told me that. Like, this is already so upsetting as it is. And I couldn't have another. Ooh, when I saw her there in the bikini magazine, I ordered her. Oh, I ordered Jesus, her. Jesus, Kevin. Yeah. Hi, it's Johnny no. Ace. I'd like um, no. Kelly Kelly, the Barbie Blank uh, model. And can I have the, the Alicia Fox as well? Just set up the paperwork, okay? You know what's really fun? Right. You know what's really fun? And you thought, 
Nothing can ruin a Mike Knox shoot interview. Yeah, I've often thought nothing can ruin a Mike Knox shoot interview. Nothing can ruin a Mike Knox shoot interview. The people want to hear the big man talk. Yeah, sure. They want to hear what Knox has to say. Mm -hmm. What was it like in the clubhouse of Aces and Eights? Fuck me, What was it like? Is Rebel as wild a card she seemed in the Carnival of Oddities? But anyway, he revealed, because Mike Knox works with Kelly Kelly throughout this, he revealed that when Kelly Kelly, she was literally... Straight off the magazine, mm-hmm. May, she's in OVW, June, she's on sci-fi. Jesus wept. 19 years young, and apparently every segment she would do beforehand, before she came into the room, Johnny Ace would come in and be like, all right, guys, let's just all be careful, okay? She's really pure, okay? She's really pure, and I don't want anyone to corrupt her, okay? Jesus you, Christ. You guys all need to behave yourselves because there's a young girl coming in here. And Mike Knox... Bless him, thinking the best of everyone. In his shoot interview, was like, I think that maybe she was like his neighbor's daughter or like his wife's friend's oh, daughter, or whatever. And yeah, he was like really protective it. of her. And at it. the end of every segment, he'd come and be like, "You, you guys better not have corrupted her. You better not have tainted her. Fucking She's too good for this hell. business. You all stay away from her." My God. And uh, that's Kelly Kelly, who is telling us that she's an exhibitionist. And that means that I'm going to take off all my clothes for you later. And now, it's the entirety of Jerry Lawler versus Taz to get you in the mood. The whole package. Just Sorry, just to say as well about the Kelly Kelly thing. They have three times so far tonight showed close-ups of children in the crowd. Like yeah. They've made a point of being like, look, even kids are getting in on ECW. They have showed you multiple times. Children are here. And there's an exhibitionist coming up later on, baby. We've all got a nice shot of two confused children looking at the zombie. And we'll get a a similar (laughs) shot later on, I imagine. This is not like highlights, by the way, because we already got highlights of this earlier. They present this like it's a recap. They're like, oh man, can you believe what happened to the king on Sunday? Let's see the entire segment again. If king was off of Raw or king... Like, that's the thing about this one night stand thing. Like, Edge, Mick Foley, king... Randy, like 99% of people, other than John Cena, who thought he liked it, <laughs> like no one, they know sell the yes. events of the show. If you had like King come out in like a big neck brace, right? And be like, you better not tune in to Sapphire yeah. tomorrow, man. You know, old school. But instead, we just get this, and apparently, they had a, an argument about what was going to go on next. For fuck's sake. And they sake. couldn't agree, so this went out instead while they were buying time. This is pathetic. Yeah. You've had one match on your. 40-minute show. It's such a short show. And now you're including a whole segment from the pay-per-view. It's Kurt Angle versus Justin the Click. Oh, God, no. I'll I'll tell you what. Kurt Angle may have gotten a remix theme, but just incredible. Uh, Look at this. Blow the dust off that 2001. It's great that he's got such quiet music so you can hear the lack of reaction for him coming out. Two ball men. And you got Hooking it up. You got Joey there being like, oh, and you know, just incredible. He's a former ECW champion. Like, they're trying their best. He tries. I remember when I was a kid, I was like, yes. Because he's like, tell him. He's, he was in the Impact Players with Lance Storm. He's a big part of ECW. And it's like, he is here to be fed. He is getting buried tonight. I'll tell you, this was this was a line that did not agree with me at all. Taz, this past Sunday, Kurt Angle made his debut as a wrestler. 
For fuck's sake. Man, what a gold medal. Yeah, right? That, <laughs> right? Come on! <laughs> Fuck me. And it's, it's one thing if you're trying... I get what you're saying. Like, we have wrestlers here. You just had the zombie not two yep. minutes ago, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're really all over the place here. Very, very confusing. And also as well, like, you know... Why would you go out of your way to mention Lance Storm and say they were the impact players? Mm. And then literally in two weeks' time, Tess is going to show up and he's like... I'm the impact oh, player. Oh, for fuck's sake. Can't even keep the gimmicks straight. I know. Like, like don't yeah. don't invoke stuff that you're like, oh, I like to say that. I'm going to reuse that. Like, this you is know? what you're saying before. Like, there is clearly no, like, one unified voice or brand guidelines or anything. It's kind of like everyone is just allowed to do whatever they want and make this hodgepodge mess. Cut to October. It's Bob Holly. I'm suicidal. <laughs> I'm homicidal. And I'm damn sure genocidal. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what? If there is one thing that can get me to watch more ECW on sci-fi, it's the big shot. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> He's literally going to be there. The doorbell rings now. <laughs> How do you like me now? Bob, we found the person who stole your moped. <laughs> and he's in ECW. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Kurt whips the ass of Just Incredible. He fucking destroys him. Similar stuff to, you know, what we saw at, at One Night Stand. And I guess you can kind of go, oh, well, if, if you know, if you can do it to Randy Orton, why is this such a, you know, bad thing for him to do it to Justin? Because that was like a ten minute match and Randy at least got to have moments where he wasn't getting completely destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> like... There's like, also something about when you're doing the slaps in the back of the head when you're doing it to a bald man. To a baldy. And he's literally he's playing bongos on Justin Incredible's Fuck's head. Sake. And Taz goes, oh, big old slaps there, right on the bean of Justin Incredible. <laughs> 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 and then, my favourite spot you ever do in a match, which is like, all right, whatever if a guy's getting buried in a match, but when you have the, the angle in the match where the guy gets buried and he stood up and goes, what the fuck are you doing? You fucking bury me, man. <laughs> Which like, just incredible comes up and his shirt's like untucked. Oh, no. And he's got his big jeans on him. He looks like he's playing pretend he wrestler. Does. He really proper does. He doesn't even look. And he's one of these lads where Paul! It's, yeah. Paul Kerr won't sell for me. And like, Kurt just headbutts him and chokes oh him out. God. And they do this big... The, the reason they did the match, it feels like, there's this big 60 second bit where it's like, hey, that's a choke there. That's illegal in ECW. You know, the rear naked choke. He couldn't do that on Raw. And that's why he's choked them out. Believe me, Joey, I know. I choked out a lot of people. Yes, in ECW, and yes. also with the exact same move in WWE. In WWE where, yeah. let's just call it as it is, Adam. No one's ever been able to fucking do this choke, illegal hold. Non -ill it, come on. No, it's like closed fists. It's like when it's, you decide it's a Yeah, thing. that's it. People will decide on the spot if it's going to be illegal today or not. Like, and like, literally would be two weeks away from them DQing people in ECW. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, so don't get, go come at me now telling you that you can choke people out willy-nilly yeah. or whatever it is. To his credit, Taz who obviously feels that his days are numbered or whatever in terms of, of, of his name value or whatever, which I think is mad, but he's like, he just doesn't bury himself, but he puts Kurt Angle over at his own expense. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I choked out a lot of people in ECW, but nothing like this. And, Kurt, and he's like, Kurt's going to do things that I could never have dreamt to do in ECW. Yeah. He's like saying, 
if you like me in ECW, Kurt's going to be like a better version of me. That's a good comparison, I think. You know, like the submission guy that does big suplexes, like he's mean, he's a proper animal. Not many like, people will be queuing up to be like, hey, he's going to be mean, but better. You yeah. know, I, fair fucks to Taz oh, yeah, for doing fair that. Fair play to Taz, because like, I, I feel like at this point in time, he knows well and truly he's not going to wrestle again. He's firmly an announcer now, and there's nothing wrong with them putting over guys and saying they're better than he was. Kurt Angle grabs a microphone and calls out Randy Orton for, for another match. For fuck's sake. This is genuinely pathetic. Like, they're more obsessed with WWE than AEW is at the minute, like, in 2023. They can't go fucking two minutes. And commentary all night is like, man, you won't see this on Raw or SmackDown. Why don't you shut up about Raw and SmackDown and just focus on doing your own thing for five minutes? And I just think it's funny as well. It's just such bad faith criticism of them being like, oh, TNA just moaned about WWE. <laughs> Yeah, but that's least, our thing. Yeah, at least when they do it, they're not getting their checks signed by the fucking same guy, are they? It's a different idiotic billionaire that's doing it instead. I'll tell you, Adam, we did get, speaking of, a lot of recommendations from folks who were like, you know, because of the, 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 the praise and the, the love that we had for this version of Kurt Angle. Mm. Saying like, hey, you know, check out some of those... Those TNA shows around this time. People have been calling for TNA for a long while. Yeah, I would I would say that maybe, you know, I've, I I will point as well, folks, in case you didn't know, this is like, this is peak for my TNA. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were a big fan at the time, weren't you? Know, you? From 04 all the way through to, I'd say, 2012, I was like quite a, a regular watcher. That's a big stretch. You know, maybe in 2011, it's kind of, kind of started dipping off a little bit, mm. you know. I can tell you, yeah, definitely. Familiar with this, Kurt, very good. If you can kind of put together the problems he's having at the, yeah. at this point in time but this is probably the thing that you'd want to see on ECW because this is the coolest thing on ECW I for think, me is this far Kurt. away yes definitely this Kurt Angle not a happy camper is Kurt at the moment as you can no, imagine no I don't blame him you to know. be honest uh, he's not he's not he's not he's not to do business like Kane you know <laughs> he's ha he will happily be the slathered on sticking plaster like you know just so you know folks right before we started recording this <laughs> Kevin was just watching a bit of WWE CW stuff on YouTube for research. And it's like, oh, what's this here? Kane is now ECW heavyweight champion in 2008. I defeated the likes of Snitsky. <laughs> Mark Henry. <laughs> so that, that really set the table for a fun recording, I think. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's length in this ECW thing. Stop yes. it. Bit, I know, Bob Holly, Kane. Dude. All the stars. Mm. <laughs> Paul Heyman joins us now for his third promo of the evening. Yes, but this at least feels ECW because this is him backstage directly down yes. the barrel of the lens. And that's like, okay, this feels different. This feels like something they little would do. Little handheld action yes. there, you know. This is closer to what I'm looking for. He's throwing everything he planned out the door. You know, so the, obviously, you know, the, the, the recap of <laughs> the entirety of King versus Taz <laughs> is the result of John Cena's meddling. Is yeah, what clearly, it actually it's is. his fault. Everything's going at the window we're gonna have an extreme battle royale weapons are legal winner gets cena at vengeance and also don't forget monday night raw for the fourth time in history we'll be there we'll be there there's gonna be an invasion so can he book wwe matches now then he just says that, oh yeah the winner of this match will get to fight cena at vengeance says who i'm assuming that like he gets like a match per per pay per view right, or, okay. or whatever it is. Oh yeah, because ECW doesn't do own pay apart from December to December. <laughs> obviously, they don't do any of their own pay per views. They're always like bolted on to the yes. WWE shows, aren't they? And I think in the case of Vengeance, Vengeance is a Raw show featuring ECW. Right. Okay. 
But then we will have Raw only pay-per-views, SmackDown only pay-per-views. And then when we get to SummerSlam, it's tri-branded. We're going to have Raw, SmackDown, yes. and ECW. In a small font. Yes. Like SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 featuring ECW. A little tiny thing, a little sticker <laughs> that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you want to see like a loving tribute to ECW in 2007, it ain't this show. No, it certainly is not. It's probably that game. Yeah, because you know? that's got a good Terry Funk render in it. You got Sabu, you can do a triple jump moonsault. That's something. You got Sandman, Wii Motion Controls. <laughs> it's all there in the Patreon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's hyping up her appearance. She's next. Uh, did not done none of you. No, Kelly, stop, Kevin. Kelly's wrong in your heads about this. It's a get this, him out. This of is it. a pure thing. And I don't want any of you messing it up. Stop okay? it. Okay. No. no, no. I'm vetoing the John Laurinaitis. Kevin Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> We just we cut outside the arena. Yeah. We, we see the sign where it's like sold out in big letters on the arena. Tonight only teenagers and vampires. And we zoom out and he's there like yeah, with his fangs. And Taz on commentary is like, oh, that couldn't be a, uh, you know, uh, oh man, I don't even want to say it. You know, what are you calling? Well, like, I guess we can truly say the new breach is unleashed Christ almighty I know what you're thinking Taz you saw you saw Van Helsing too some of them vampire <laughs> chicks pretty hot oh, God. if I wasn't a married man well I might not be after this next segment oh fuck me there's a, there's a sexy teenager coming up <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Tonight on ECW, goblins, ghouls, witches and teens <laughs> I don't want to blow the Kevin Thorne load all at once here now but Gangrel was going to be brought in. There were going okay. to be a faction of vampires. A faction of vampires. A faction of vampires. I'd be okay with that. With Gangrel I, I being just... the kind of Michael Hayes. <laughs> Fine by me, baby. I'm all up for gangers getting involved in anything. It didn't work out. I think it was one of these things where, depending on who you ask, it was like, oh, the office didn't want it, or, you know, Paul couldn't get it through. Or There's a lot of times with stuff that was meant to be pushed for ECW, and Punk was one of these people because you know, Heyman wanted Punk out the door straight away. Yeah. And it was like, right, people are now being punished or ideas are being nixed, not because the ideas are bad, but because they're Heyman ideas. Exactly. And like Brian Gerwitz is famously now anti-Paul Heyman and he has a guy yep. in the writing team. You know, it's just political, it's a Game of Thrones, but it really way is. worse. Like yeah. later Game of Thrones, I guess. <laughs> and it, the idea here now is that you've got stuff that's like not being in good conscience being said, this is good or bad. Mm. And stuff is making it to TV that's not good because people wanted to seem like it's good to neg people who have other stuff. It's all so spiteful, isn't it? And that's like... why we get Tess to knock Gangrel, is what I'm saying. Oh, no. I know what you're thinking. Baby, that all sounds great. Why can't we just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a second, I was expecting Tess with fangs. Like, Dude. what has big balls and hangs upside down? <laughs> Me, I, Bat Tess. I don't know. See, when you see Tess when he fucking debuts here, he looks like he's been on human blood like fucking oh, hell. Geez. You know, maximum steroids, oh, Tess. Oh, God. But yeah, Kevin Thorne as well has a bit of a... Bit of a dark past here. I, there are a lot of allegations about him when he was in OVW. Locker really? Amazing. Jason Sensation, who was... I remember a guy we would have mentioned way back in season one. Yeah. And, you know, let's just say I, I've not kept up with him in the last few years. The last few things I heard, it was all very fucking dark. Mm. Very, very sad, scary story going on with old Jason. But he was in developmental and he suggested there was a level of hazing that would have made the early 80s locker rooms blush. Let's Jesus. just say. And Kevin Thorne's one of these lads who... 
you know, was pegged for greatness by Paul Heyman. Percy is a lad who fucking loved wrestlers and ties and loved wrestling vampires. And another member of Team Kevin, brother. Yeah. And liked Ariel as well, but... Is he Mordecai? He's Mordecai. Is this pre-Mordecai? This is post-Mordecai. Post-Mordecai. So he's already had a chance at that now. Yeah, I know. Like... He's already been Bob Hollied once. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you know what this threadbare show could uh, could do with? Another, More padding. Another lengthy recap, please. Yep. It's the opening segment. This is literally pathetic. We're going to go over what we just saw literally 10 minutes ago on this 40-minute show. Please welcome <sighs> Kelly Kelly. Oh. She looks mortified. She does? She looks utterly mortified. And you want to say, Kelly, hey, you know, if you she she got into wrestling, she made her money, she got the fuck out, and then she spun off into... She's a real housewife oh, yeah, somewhere. She, she's doing grand nowadays. She's absolutely... Yeah, she's fine springboarded off what was the toxic world of women's yeah. wrestling in a way that uh, uh, a lot of other women maybe didn't get a chance to. Yeah. She's done know? all right for herself, all things considered. Um, you know, the reality is she did all right for herself because she was one of those people where they're like, fuck yeah, her, she's got the look. Yes. That's it, she's our girl. But man, there's just something inescapably uncomfortable about this. This and is horrible. I, don't mix me up with, uh, with with past comments I may have said about myself. I'm far from being my old prudish self. I did an episode of the Nitro Girls, and I have a lot of appreciation for watching someone dance and break up a wrestling show. That's what I was going to say. I'm not even coming at this from the point of view, this is horrible because it's like really gross or whatever. Like It's ECW. They're going to do gross shit. I'm expecting that. What's horrible about this is that she looks so fucking uncomfortable. The crowd is dead yeah. no one is into this in the slightest the moment where i realize how really off the rails this has gone is when she takes her skirt off and the crowd doesn't even pop like that's meant to be like a guaranteed pop moment right like, lady a hot lady comes out and takes off clothing everyone goes nuts they should have had her come out of a box right that would have helped <laughs> but no one even cares put a for skirt this. on the box maybe that's the reason i feel so bad for her is not just because she's getting made to do this but because she's getting made to do this and no one is reacting at all now i've been to pro wrestling eve where in the past they had done this where like in the middle of the show they did a burlesque uh -huh. act in between yep. acts but they had like the ring announcer hype up it was That's in the it. ring and it kind of it gelled and the, it was in the vibe of the show yeah this feels like it's like we don't know what ECW is Michael Cole yeah, they literally but it gon' be sexy <laughs> is it though because this is the least sexy thing I've seen that's attempting to be sexy in wrestling look we all all have different likes and dislikes and no matter who you are where you're from all we can say is one of the few unifying things of what, what has always been from the olden times to modern times. What is sexy? Confidence usually comes into that That's equation. It. And I don't know about you, but it don't do anything for me or most folks I know when someone looks fucking terrified. That's it. I don't want to see a deer in the headlights doing a striptease. Like, and she can't fucking undo her bra. Oh, I feel she, so bad She for struggles her. with it for ages and they just hold the camera right there. They stay with the segment uh, entirely. They were And then she just like push it up so she pulls her bra up and like shows off some under boob and then i'm like okay so now we're gonna get like stephen richards equivalent is gonna come out and be like no and stop this because with a character like her she's an exhibitionist her motive is to come out like the cat and take all her clothes right. off we can't do that on tv someone's gonna stop her so she starts taking her bra off and then the camera just cuts to joey and taz and they're like oh man smoking we told you it'd be extreme here everything about ecw is extreme 
even the underwiring on the bra that she has to push up. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, just, it looks mad uncomfortable. It looks so sore. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's a performance bra right there. That's not meant to be slid up the fucking no. body like that. Jesus Christ. If you're going to do something sexy, having two middle-aged men chuckling over it as well kind of mm. kills the vibe for me a yeah. little bit. Because they're like... <laughs> <laughs> I miss Sherry Lawler. What's going on? Right, that's fucked up. Because you'd be like, "Oh, shut up, King, you old lech." But instead, it's like, "Yeah, Taz it is a new breed of leech, isn't it?" Like, I certainly liked her underboob, Taz. Did you hear what Taz said when they when they cut back? His first line: mm. "The new ECW is definitely better than the old ECW." Oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> fuck right off. <laughs> oh, you don't, words don't mean a thing to you, do they? they? Don't, like, He'll say anything. He'll say any old shite. <laughs> it's time for our Extreme Battle Royale that was oh. advertised to have 10 men but does in fact include 11. Wrestling. Tommy Dreamer, Sabu, Stevie Richards, who I shit you not. The, one of the biggest reactions of the night is the crowd going, I'll show you. You'll see. You'll see. Fun. Something we can sing along with. All of the FBI, yep. Al Snow, Roadkill, Danny Doring, Balls Mahoney, and it's a big show. And check it out there, Taz. You can see brand new Sin is in the crowd here tonight, pumping it up for ECW. Well, folks, I am very happy to let you all know that I have had a bit of a Google of brand new Sin. Uh-oh. And not really much came up about them. Hey. The fact that they were Southern rock as their genre, yet okay. they were from Syracuse, New York. Mm. However, I did go down the old tried and trusted route, which is, I put in their name and controversy. And, uh, I did manage to whip up a little something here, which is them being interviewed about working with the big show. Okay. Folks, prepare yourself. If you're a brand new Sin fan, Uh you might want to reevaluate your values Uh at this point in time. When we finally got to meet the big show, one, he's so big. (laughs) I don't think people realize when you see the big show on TV that there's no point of reference. You can tell that these wrestlers are big. But when you meet this guy, and my drummer's like 6'3", he didn't even come up to his shoulder. Big Show shook her hand, and it literally felt like a little baby shaking this large hand. It was the sheer size of the Big Show, and he was so much larger then. I think he was 500 pounds, but he was just like, I'm like, how do you do things in life being this big and large, you know? Just to see someone that large in real life with no point of reference. <laughs> really captivated, aren't they? It's crazy, man. <laughs> and so. that really informed the writing process of the song. Yeah, it did. Well, we understood the size of the big show. And the other thing I want to point out as well is that they originally met Triple H and Stephanie in 2005 when they were playing a show supporting Motorhead. And wait a minute, who are those two well-dressed people headbanging in the front row? Triple H and Steph are just moshing it out, man. Getting down. Met them backstage. They're like, look, we love the vibe. When we find something that's right, we'll get you. And that was, the vibe was later on, they thought the Big Show's theme was too bluesy. And for a new breed on leash, they want a little bit of that Southern rock flavor. Too bluesy. Yeah. Okay. I just thought maybe you could do it kind of like unplugged, you know, use a cardboard box instead of a drum kit. They did that. It's the big show. It's the big bad show. Did that and it's great. 
great. You can find it on YouTube. They're all sat on bar stools, giving it all this, like the, the passion. So that that's the controversy. That's the controversy. Okay. okay. All right, it's good. I feel like season five, we've had a handful of people where it's like, hey, they, they came, the background check came back clean. Came back like, clean. Turns out you're allowed to work with the big show. Not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. When Sabu's music hit, Taz just goes, where is he? <laughs> And then Sabu like just, like, just comes out. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sabu has got whatever Sandman has. Sabu's yes, got it. That's it. I think Sabu and Sandman are both kind of over-delivering in some respects because their best years are honestly past them. And yet they give off... Like, if you want to have just two guys that sit there and give off an ambient ECW energy these lads do just by their sheer presence sabu in particular I yes think. sabu is capable of over delivering i don't think sandman could over deliver if he wanted to because what he delivers is so rudimentary in the first but place the expectations like, are so low that's it <laughs> but yeah you're right those two guys are the only ones that actually still somehow feel ecw like sabu is just like a genuine oddity like he is as weird as he seems like he is as cagey as he seems he's someone who's like gimmick kind of works into the reality is that he was someone who didn't like dealing with people now you can call that nervous you can call yeah. that misanthropic whatever it is but the reality is this guy was cagey he was like you see him coming out and he's like Bleh. yeah like that's great that's a shoot <laughs> it's, it's a shoot though yeah. the reason that is because someone once tugged on his headdress when he was in mm. japan and he jumped into the crowd and he beat the fucking shit out of them jesus because he takes his headdress really seriously because he's a guy who's mad nervous about what his uncle's gonna think yep and it's like Sabu is both what you think he is and absolutely not what you think he is at the same time. And I do feel like it's not massively surprising that Sandman and Sabu are the two guys that still have the mystique when they're the ones that aren't getting... like You know, look at Just Incredible or Tommy yeah. Dreamer next week. Like, all the other ECW originals are just there to get squished by everyone else. Well, the difference is, is that Just Incredible had a year or two on WWE TV as a jobber. That's and true, then yeah. he was an ECW and a world champion. And then he had a year or two on WWE TV as, as a, a jobber. As a jobber. Yeah. But, like, you could say that about a lot of the other, like, former ECW guys. They've had those WWE runs. They've been tainted already. That's it. Like, yeah. I think Vince McMahon, who's a lot more hands-on than you would think. Yeah. Something I found about One Night Stand was... Was that you know during the Taz Jerry Lawler confrontation, all the build to that, that was Vince in the headset saying, Jerry say this, Joey say this, huh. you know, Taz say this. You know, he's the one who's stirring the pot here. So he's a bit more of an idea of what it is than you might think. Mm. It's just that everyone else has also got ideas of what it is. I think Big Show's got an idea in his head, which is I don't want to be an ECW. He looked furious. He looked furious. And again, the long-running tradition of Big Show being presented as a dumbass in this battle royal. He's the biggest man. He's got the most advantage. He's tossing everyone out of the ring through the middle rope. You fucking moron, mate. That's like that's such a fucking 2010 Divas Battle Royale spotlight. And for the guy the size of the Big Show, I think it's actually more effort to yes. aim through the ropes it for is. him. Like, it's more difficult to do that. Everyone's not singing from the same hymn sheet here. There is... I don't want to say, like, oh, it's skill difference. Because I think people can look at this and be like, oh, you know, Roadkill's not as good or Danny Dorn's not as good. I don't think that. Because, like, Roadkill and Danny Dorn, man, like, some of their matches I watched back in the day and I have watched them more recently, like, fucking awesome. Like, yeah. really high-octane, like, tag wrestling that's prototypical for that modern style. Like, he's a, he is a great wrestler in whatever it is that he wants to do. I just think this is, like, ECW guys being kind of putting through the the wwe 
mincing machine here. Yes. Because it's like, you know, Big Show comes out and he just like fucks Roadkill. Yep. Roadkill kind of like lands on his shoulder and his head. And it's like, oh, well, that's the end of you then. And yeah. it's like, you can see people where it's like, well, we don't think much of them. And then you put them out here on national TV and they're like older than their prime. And then they get kind of fucked about they seem like nothing so they are nothing they don't gel and it's like you've described it before as ecw being like the the isle of misfit toys or whatever and it's like yeah it's the isle of misfit toys but then also here comes like the really mainstream buzz giant Lightyear. buzz Lightyear. yeah and he's gonna fuck up all these misfit toys like just a flurry of shite this you yeah know, it, it really proper is this sucks it reminded me of the energy that made them go let's just fucking end this stupid hardcore title thing in 2002 yeah we don't care anymore just uh, you know when you've got like tommy dreamer like wailing like, oh, just like hundred of these everyone's got a thin sign yeah everyone's got the same like yeah. you're a billion dollar company give them something new yeah give us some new weapons it's meant to be easy them with these like... fucking easy single rappers yeah. fucking shots they're so weak and the crowd just to make a peep and i'll tell you as well big show looks like he's in agony yeah he does he looks really unwell and they go oh, how's anyone gonna get heat in the big show they're gonna hit him a million times with something that looks like shit and probably hurts yeah and like, they tip him out oh my god and I that's what so happens for him like... you know Everything about EC... Oh, this fucking call. <laughs> and this is like... I'm not sure what instigates this. He sees Trinity from the FBI. Yes. A miracle she got to keep her name. She was in a TNA previously. And she would leave this and go on to do like stunt work and all that. Like, right. You know. She comes out in a sexy outfit. She does. Like, that's oh, what starts this. Everything about ECW was taken to the extreme Joey Styles. The physicality. The verbiage. The sexuality. Different than Raw. Different than SmackDown. This is what makes us better. Cut to a load of lads hitting each other with very, very thin signs. In very, very quiet, borderline ominous fucking setting from the crowd. Fucking heroes of wrestling is the vibe I got here. Like, this is really tragic. Got Al Snow and Danny Doring eliminated. They- Al <laughs> Snow, what's Al doing here? I know, b- big like the agents have to put on the tights for the house show. Because, right, you know. I can imagine Al being backstage, being like, you know, I'd rather be a trainer at this point in my life. Yeah, <laughs> Michael I don't Hayes like, Michael Hayes is like, do you need me to go out there? Do you need a twelve? I've been drinking blood in the back with Kevin Thorne. <laughs> Let's go do it. Everyone teams up on the big show. Yep. Balls Mahoney's about to get. The Big Show's Cobra Clutch Backbreaker. Yeah. I want to say shout out to our, bo- <laughs> our, boy Todd, our boy Todd who said that he gave it the name The Big Throw when he was uh, <laughs> when he was playing video games. Back Chaz is like, oh, we saw this on Sunday. Yeah, we saw this on Sunday. And, like he tries to do it to balls. He's like, nah, it doesn't work for me, brother. Well, Watches it. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, by the way, Axel Rotten no-showed three ECW events in a row. And is no longer with the company. I had no idea Axel Rotten was even meant to be he here. He was. Like, he was signed. He got right. a year contract with everyone else. Okay. And he was straight out the door. Like, Damn. And uh, yeah, just kind of showing you like it's kind of these two things colliding. It's like, this is the same brand that has Kurt Angle, yep. Rob Van Dam, Big Show. And you're telling me that Axel Rotten Axel was Rotten was like, <laughs> got a year contract. Like, what's going on? Like... Tommy Dreamer takes the table spot to give this a little bit of a, an ECW extreme asterisk. Finally, a little something. FBI try to team up on the big show, who Taz reminds us is not your normal big show. It's a different big show. Meaning? An extreme big show. 
Oh yeah, this is, they they say this this is his first taste of hardcore or whatever. Forgetting WrestleMania 17. Yeah, and like he was hardcore champion for youngs. He, he had a good long run. Good lord, and he was on he, he was on the pay per view on Sunday yeah. as well. You know, he was an extreme battle royale. You know, he's very extreme at this point. You know what? After he locked up Thunder and thrown Lightning's ass in jail, okay. there'll be harsh words. Okay. you know, with Taz. <laughs> Tony Mamaluke, who I'm going to say is my star of ECW, who didn't get his, his just desserts here. In, yeah. Because he does, he does the one spot that made me go, whoa. When Big Show flapjacked him, he fucking reached the oh, sky. Yeah. He, he fucking hoofed him out of there. Oh my like. God, oh my. That was very good. Big Show and Big Guido. Big on big action. Mm. And Big Guido goes over the top rope. He holds on to the Big Show by mm. the hand, just like uh, I think Sid Justice and Hogan at, at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Sabu does the, uh, uh, I don't an Arabian thing. Some sort of, <laughs> some sort of kick or summer. He, he, he runs off, but he gets him with the chair. Big Show goes over the top rope. Set up a mini feud with the FBI that goes nowhere with right. the Big Show. I mean, okay. I would love to see FBI three-on-one versus the Big Show. There's a match, yeah. There's a match for sure. Sabu wins. Crowd is like, you know, give him a bit of a reaction. Yeah, they, they they definitely like Sabu more than 90% of the people on tonight's show. And we end our episode of ECW the way that all ECW should end. A close-up on a massive smelly goo flapping out of the big show's oh. nose. <laughs> and them hyping up Raw ad nauseum. Raw. You gotta check out Raw, it's gonna be wild. I hear there's gonna be something extreme happening on Raw, because Lord knows it didn't happen here. It certainly did not. As a debut, how do we get on? That was, and I know we've said a lot of hyperbolic things on the podcast before. Please. I think that was <laughs> legitimately the worst piece of WWE programming I've ever watched. Like, Really? I can't think of... You were a... telling me you'd rather be watching WWA, and I, I was like, yeah, no, yeah. surely no, not. I, I was messaging you being like, I would rather watch WWA. I'd rather watch XWF. Cause those... <laughs> no, because as crap as they were, those shows were funny. They uh, had stuff okay. to laugh at. They made me smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got no joy out of this at all. This was... Antagonistically bad. It was like aggressively bad. It felt like they were really trying to put on a parody of ECW almost. Try to wind me up. And in terms of like a start to finish hour of wrestling, I honestly don't think I've ever seen anything worse by WWE as like this is just a crap episode of their TV show. It had no good qualities whatsoever. Was there any like was there a highlight on the show? Was there anything that you're like that's my style of wrestling? When when I saw Kurt Angle come out I was like great Kurt at one night stand he was my one thing I could really hang on to and he just came out and fucking buried Just Incredible. But Adam you buried Just Incredible every episode of SmackDown Crawl. I at least can recognise that Just Incredible is an ECW alumni and maybe someone that could have a little juice but no he fucking buried him and then cut a promo on Randy Orton afterwards like <laughs> it was so WWE obsessed it came off really pathetic and I honestly don't think there was anything enjoyable whatsoever on this small shout for Sandman and Zombie it'll, it'll always be funny in my mind that the only way you managed to get me to say something nice about that was by having a five-minute thing at the start where you're like, take away the fact that it's not ECW, take away the day, take away every appalling thing. But Look, what I'm saying is, Sandman, Zombie, Final Destination, no, no items. items. Okay, right. w- one item. Just kendo sticks. They'd be boring as hell if you just punched them all the time. I fucking hated this so much. This is like the angriest I've felt watching a wrestling show in, in, in years. Like, Well, it's time to double down with the second episode <laughs> of ECW on sci-fi I feel like I've got a kidney stone or something here like this actually hurts to be doing brought to you by Heyman Mm. feel the power the diminishing power 
of the Heyman. Well, you definitely need a break from ECW, so it's time for a caption, caption, contest, contest. And I really, really, really wish, Adam, I tried my hardest to pull every lever in Hollywood I knew how to pull. Mm. We're not sponsored by X-Men. Oh. But we can still tangentially feel the power of the X-Men. Mm. Do you want to try that a little bit now? Just not feeling it, buddy. Just not feeling it. Instead, feel the power of the Starter Quest podcast. Ooh. We're sponsoring this very caption contest, and this is a fabulous idea for a podcast, Adam. Think Cinema Swirl meets video games. Alejandro's got 30 years of video game experience. Jen has none, and each episode, they do a deep dive into a classic video game, Ooh. seeing if it holds up to modern, non-extremely jaded eyes. <laughs> And we're talking extreme classics as well here, like Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, Ow. Sonic 2, The Secret of Monkey Island. Doom, Earthbound. There's some Final Fantasy in there as well. Baby. <laughs> so, like, I'll tell you right now, this is a podcast where if you want to talk about, like, research and work that goes into it, like, when we were talking about getting this sponsorship thought ready, it's like, well, the guy's like, well, you know, it takes us several months to make an episode sometimes. They play the whole game. Yeah, they play that. You know, oh. fucking JRPGs in there, man. Oh. You know, that's, pro that's not a good you and I do in gamesmanship where we're like, Ugh, I don't like this. We played it for an hour and a half play and we've this, had enough. Play the slightly different one instead. <laughs> but you can find them wherever you get your audio. They're all over all podcast apps and sources. But the best place to find them is starterquest.com. They'll take you straight through to their Podbean. They've got fabulous artwork for all their episodes using all the sprites and whatnot. And they're big fans of the Podcrabs Network. Aww. And I think it's safe to say if you like the tone of our shows and the type of thing we do, and you always thought, ooh, video games being introduced to a newbie, start a quest, start your quest. Oh! By listening to Star Quest. Oh, Feel Kevin. the power of the starter quest. Be forewarned. If you do sponsor an episode in season five for mm -hmm. Caption Contest, yep. greater than normal chance that you're going to get a Feel the Power of quote in there as that's well. That's it. You're getting that thrown in. And if that's a deal breaker, so be it. We don't want your business. If not, patreon.com forward slash <laughs> AE podcast. If you've got a podcast or project, a YouTube series, a thing, a product, heck, we've even had books and all uh -huh. sorts here advertised. Always got great feedback. And make sure you check out Starter Quest Podcast. You can catch them on all social media platforms. And wherever you get your audio, I recommend starting off with a game that you like. I'm going to check out that Earthbound episode, me thinks. Mm, I'm thinking Mario Bros. 3 myself, oh, baby. Man, I, I literally just played that through the other day. But how appropriate, Kevin. It, how appropriate that the Tanuki suit you grovel for will be your very own. <laughs> a victim of your own greed. Wallowing in the muck. Avarice, I guess, because Mario's always after them coins, isn't he? Big thank you to start a coin. And, and why does Mario want all those coins? Because he wishes to live forever. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, what is our caption du jour for ECW on sci-fi? You've not listened back to the episode as of us recording it. No. And, like, literally, if you're wondering why I'll throw our vengeance and tough enough recordings, where I was like, you all right, Adam? You good? You all right? You <laughs> He has been checking in a lot more than usual lately, yeah, folks. A, a lot, like, you know, got to make sure everything's okay. So, uh, what do we got? What's going on? Our picture du jour is Sandman on his knees, fucking walloping that zombie with a kendo stick. Bam! And i got to say, there is dust and shit flying everywhere. That is a filthy-ass zombie right there. Because um, you never got to it in the episode, Match of the Night and MVP is Sand Sandman versus Zombie. 
and the zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Makes sense. <laughs> hey, look, you've heard about all the people complaining about working under a hood and all that. Working under all that dust. That's true. Yeah. You know? he did, if you cough once as the zombie, you've broken character. Game over. Game over. So commitment to the bit right Professional. there. Professional. Adam's taking us through on the Twitter at AE Podcast. And I'm with all you rambunctious sorts over on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. So what do you got for me, Adam? We're going to kick things off with one here from Eddie O'Keefe. Mr. Sandman, give me a cane. Please kill this zombie. It was a mistake. I hope the revival won't trouble you. Welcome to the new ECW. <laughs> Whoa, I heard no songs in the original ECW. You know? Different, oh my god! Different kind of licensed music. <laughs> And over here, whoa, well, over on the music topic, Chili Morrison over here. Uh, this was long, so I'm cutting it down. In the fed, in the fed. <laughs> With their stick and their canes and their canes and their beer. In the crowd, in the crowd, they are booing. In the fed, in the fed. Zombie, zombie, zombie. <laughs> 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 oh my god. I don't care about No, no, no. Creaking beers, chasing women. It's confusing. It's the mid to late 90s, baby. That's what's it's going Andy on. Andy Bernard is what it is. <laughs> Here from Martin S. Dixon. Yeah, beer me another caption there, if you don't mind. For fuck's sake, Kevin. It gets a laugh a quarter of the time. Here from Martin S. Dixon. New this season on AMC, The Staggering Dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's that that one's got legs, you know, mm. in terms of spin-off. Staggering you know? legs. Rob Cliff, Sandman, you killed zombie Mick Foley. Foley was a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Conrad at Craticus here. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Tables on fire For off the shoulder of Orion. Sake. I watched the tax and barbed wire near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. Fuck. <laughs> like beers in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if, if, if it passes muster that Sandman's a replicant. You know, if he's taking that Void Comp test, like, and he's got I that. Mean, you know? Maybe a very, very early model. Like, yeah. he doesn't seem like a particularly advanced replicant. Too, too violent, like. <laughs> when they used to, to run on beer. Like. The Tyrell Corporation have revoked the Sandman model. <laughs> James zaps up here. Oh, baby. Are you ready for some wordplay? Mm. Different kind of wordplay. Extreme wordplay. Yeah. New Breed Unleashed wordplay. <clears throat> The zombie gets a lot of stick, but his first appearance was a palpable hit, and I want to admire his can-do attitude. Fuck me. Honestly, I really dug him. I thought the guy was a dead cert. <laughs> and man! See what I did there? Huh? He might not have had the brawn, but we can be certain that he had the brain. Fuck me, <laughs> That was a tight five right there. Very good. Solid opinion here. Exit light! Enter shine! <laughs> Fuck this show! It's after TNA I go! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Albrecht. 
the first draft of I'm Sorry, I Love You was received <laughs> the final version. I'm sorry. Shit, I love you. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Zach here, hungover dads at B&Q on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Proper dirty dads Dur- right Dirty there. dads. Anthony Sorrentino, if I can't Kane Dewey, I'll do the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people saying Mick Foley there, basically. <laughs> you wear plaid and you're going to be Mick Foley, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte Rose for Wilson, Knight of the Living Dead wrestling promotion. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth. Joe Moore, what a terrifying, hideous, undead abomination. Oh, and there's a zombie in the ring for as well. For fuck's sake. Ouch. You got him. You fucking got him. <laughs> Camille here. The absolute state of these lads. <laughs> Just a fair observation, to be honest. That, that's good. There was someone who did a little Photoshop job, which was me being Sandman and the zombie being every music that's not the Donkey Kong Country 2 soundtrack. <laughs> I'm glad that someone did that because I got messages from someone who's like, was assuming that I was gagging and joking. Why would you joke about that? Because of it all oh, being obscure. I'm going to pretend to love one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. <laughs> you can't fake that. No, you really can't. You really can't. It was Wrestling Burner that did that little Photoshop of you there, Kevin. Fabulous so, Credit job. where it's due. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> Andy Revel. This is for wasting Mr. Haven's valuable time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what Sandman's role was in the, uh, the new ECW. There's a lot of people who are saying that like Billy's Billy's the Sandman and you and I are the zombie, or at least our picks for boys' picks are, you know? I don't like that stinky attitude. Next time round, next go around. Look, I know that both me and Adam individually and boys' picks are dead on arrival. Uh Fair enough. And I know that we're then combining parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. to, to join up together. That's not a zombie. Nope. That's a Frankenstein. That's a Frankenstein right there, All right. baby. And I would rather people use the correct terminology, mm-hmm. okay? We could do this. <laughs> Frankenstein coming to boys' picks soon. <laughs> Cold cans rattling here. You want to get undead. You want to get necrotic. You want to do it on the walking dead night of the living. Fuck. <laughs> I never miss a Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Forbes. And don't forget, this match is extreme rules. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Adam Carter, Mr. Controversy. Billy finally snaps after Kevin's most recent attempt to shoehorn breakfast roll as part of Irish culture. First and foremost, all right, it is part of our culture. B, it's also the song was part of the culture. During the time. C, Billy likes That's breakfast it. roll. Billy enjoys the references. The song and the food. Yes. He keeps sending me Pat Short stuff. He ain't going to snap anytime soon. Get out of here. It's you projecting your own aggression Exactly. There. <laughs> Thoughts with Ross. This is a Left 4 Dead 2 ECW mod installed with exclusive weapons, models, and an ECW arena stage. Awesome. Raven, probably. Hills here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Owen Ennis. Damn it, Tyler. How many times do I have to tell you when you hang out with Raven, it always ends this way? Yeah, one time you got brainwashed, another time you became a zombie. He's wearing plaid. That's true. He's wearing plaid. That is a part of the flock, I think, Mm -hmm. easily. (laughs) Michael John Kelly. 
Sadman's liberal use of his giant incense stick still can disguise how much the zombie stinks. Go -ho -ho! Ow. That's a little bit racy, that one. You like. fucking got him, baby. Replica Ent here on Twitter. Realising what the appearance of another dishevelled man wrestling in jeans and an ill-fitting shirt meant, Sandman yelled out, THERE CAN ONLY BE ONE! and went to work <laughs> trying to decapitate his new rival, Drunklander. <laughs> Doug Ward. But it was a contest for zombies! Yeah! And Sandman came their brains out! <laughs> <laughs> Caleb Bennett. He's gotta be! He's gotta be caned! He's gotta be <laughs> caned! For fuck's sake! Boom. And uh, Eric Dujisk here saying, I can't think of anything funny. I hope everyone has fun coming up with their captions. Oh, you know what? If I, there like, was ever I like that. A beautiful note to end the caption contest That's on, very nice. That's a good place to leave it right there. Thank you for that sentiment. Thank you for everyone who entered, particularly those of you who had fun, but particularly those of you who made really funny ones that we read out then. And you know what? If you want to take part in the caption contest and you're looking at it and you're thinking, oh, I can't come up with anything. Just pop a nice little, like a, a nice an, little an idea. Affirmation an in affirmation in there. An affirmation. A cute sentiment, well wishes, anything you feel like. And you can always help out. We have a couple of helpers in this regard, but if you're ever watching the pay-per-views ahead of time before yes. we do the episode of the caption contest, we typically record these after the episode itself. Mm -hmm. Always happy for you to send us over suggestions or pictures or bits and bobs that you'd like to see. Yes. We are somewhat struggling with vengeance. That's it. We've got vengeance on the horizon. We have the tough enough finale on the horizon as well. So if you're going ahead and checking out those things before our episodes come out, please feel free to suggest some imagery for caption contests. Well, make sure you check out Starter Quest Podcast wherever mm. you get your audio. And I to make sure you check yourself because we're going right back in for some more ECW on sci-fi. Feel the power of this television channel. <laughs> All righty, let's go. Let's do it. We can do this. Yeah. You know what's really funny? The poll was meant to be right in OVW at the same time as well. Why? Because that was that was his job beforehand. Right, okay. Two things about that. One, the only ever insight into Heyman and OVW I think I've ever heard was like on Punk's documentary, which I believe we did a... We did a commentary, a commentary track, track on. on. Yes. It's over on the Patreon page with all the other commentary tracks. He kind of talked about, oh, you know, Heyman helping him, you know, learn about TV and all that. And mm. I think naively we're all like, oh, wow, Heyman, small little studio in, in, in Louisville. That'll be good. That'll be good. He gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Apparently some of that OVW run with Heyman is meant to be fucking banana bullshit crap. Yeah. Like really bad because Heyman didn't want to be there and he kind of like was passively aggressively booking oh, the show. Oh, okay. And Dreamer had the book as well at one point, and apparently it was even fucking worse. You don't surprise me. So the idea that like I read in the one of the uh, the dirt sheets at this time that Heyman had apparently like was like this is like the ninetieth thing on his list of, of whatever to do, and he had sent <laughs> he'd sent the show to OVW, and they literally faxed it back saying like no no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> try again. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have another horror ourselves here. Oh my god! But man, you know, I think we mentioned before like yeah, OVW. I think we went to FCW. I kind of wanted to see some of that kind I'd be of really curious. See the sausage get made. But, Absolutely, man. You got to see some fucking wild shit down there. Mm. You know, I've seen some like 04 OVW. I was watching a bit for a. Uh, Watch a bit of Blaster Lashley uh, for Blaster Lashley. Blaster Lashley. You get a hundred dollars for every minute you stand in the ring with this man. Blaster. That's Lashley. the gimmick. That's the gimmick. Oh, brother. I love that. Yeah, for a bit of Bobby, but I'd love to see some shitty Heyman OVW. Hell yeah. But like CM Punk putting on a hundred pounds because it's the big guys league. Oh, bless him. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. It's Ariel. She's debuted. 
Shelly Martinez, and she's a tarot card reading gimmick. That's who that is. Yes. They didn't fucking tell us anything about her. They just present you with like, here's Mystic Meg. She's got some tarot cards. I love the use of tarot cards, you know, because if you can use the different ones, like the, the tower, and it means this and all that. She's just like, no, just random cards. This like... card means that Rob Van Dam ran in on John Cena <laughs> and Edge during an encounter. <laughs> what does the card mean? Well, the Sabu jumping off the, the top rope card through an announce table can mean many things. <laughs> it could mean a mysterious new lover or perhaps it could mean that John and Sabu are going to have a match on oh that's that's it actually that's what it means I mean Ariel she, she's another of these people where you could probably guess she didn't have a good time in WWE because no. she looks somewhat different yeah, if you're remotely Savage. alternative as a woman like you're not going to get favoured all I'll say is, is that I don't know enough about it and she has spoken out about it plenty on other platforms but she had some uh, bad times in WWE and has had things to say about some various folks. She was paired up with Kevin Thorne for a long time, right? She was... Her and Thorne were there for like a year together thereabouts. Yeah. And then as far as I know, she just disappeared. Right. But, um, I mean, I just thought at the time, like, here she's like a straight up vampire lady, okay? Right. But, like, within a couple of weeks of this, they have her, she's, like, you know, she's probably, like, a Hot Topic kind of character. Right. So, I'm, like, if you can't see that in 2006 at the heights of, like, emo and scene and mm -hmm. all that, that you can make money, money. hand over yeah. fist. Easily. But it was one of those, like, oh, no, she, no one wants to see this, like, For you know. sake. I just think it's, she, she, I mean, she's been a presence in wrestling ever since like you know, she was yeah. in TNA for a while but I was just like money on the table there for you lads you know well that's the last thing that ECW seems to be interested in Kevin I guess like... he's making money in any way <laughs> yeah. shape or form but I think she did a bit of this gimmick in OVW and it was kind of like a lot of this stuff here is like Heyman's great ideas he had down there in Louisville that he thinks are ready for the big time here mm. and they're not so ECW that he can be pointing the finger at being like, ah, you're trying to do a nostalgia act. Yeah. This is new. This is new. This is the new breed. This is We're the unleashing new... it. We're unleashing it. We are. Before so... we go any further in as well, I just want to quickly mention that this episode was led into by House of the Dead, the 2003 film directed by Uwe Ball. Wow. God, it feels like this, this fucking wrestling show has been directed by Uwe Literally, Ball. Literally. Like, that is know. so fucking perfect. And it'll be followed up by Scarecrow Slayer. Directed by Uwe Ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it's an ECW shit sandwich on an Uvi baguette. <laughs> the intro's got 20% more Big Show now, I'm, I'm convinced of it. They added in more Big Show. <laughs> New Big Show, different kind of Big Show. We're in Albany, New York, and these fans have just enjoyed two hours of Smackdown. Oh, fuck me. So now, if you thought last week's crowd was shit, now you're getting a tired crowd as well. Alright, I'm gonna say it, folks. Dream match! Sabu versus Tony Mamalu. Yeah, I actually wrote down here, like, let's get some action going. We've got the potential to have an actual honest-to-God wrestling match on our show now, so come yeah. on. It's a dream match if the caveat is you have to use the WWE ECW roster. Yes. And no big names. If this like, is the pool you names. can select from, yeah. like, yeah. I was very excited to see what they do here because I thought Sabu is one of these guys where you should give him a match where people are like, whoa, this is what this guy can yes, do. Yes, exactly. Show him off. And Tony Mamaluke is a perfect lad because unlike Just Incredible, it's not like, you know, he's a former ECW tag champion or whatever, but he's considered a younger guy and like him getting squashed or whatever. It's not going to kill him. Yeah, like... although the fact that Tony Mamaluke gets more in this match than Just Incredible, former world champion That's did last. That's isn't it? Oh my. Who? Like, 
whose bodies did you bury just incredible right? it's not like you know where the bodies are buried it's like someone knows where you buried the body particularly I think it's because he's been telling people that he's in the clique yeah. and Triple H is like you fucking that guy keeps telling people he's our friend we're doing the DX reunion I don't think it'll work unless Justin gets really buried you know <laughs> I think we should bury him hard special shout out to Sabu's New Year's Eve 2000 trousers that he's wearing them fucking silver sparkly guys yeah I know Sabu I'm not sure if it's this I think it's in a couple of weeks time because Davari's on the roster but he would famously forget his trousers no and have to use Davari's trousers oh bless uh, yeah Sabu loves to have fun king mm, <laughs> he loves it I love Tony Mamalu coming out here looking scared because you got Trinity's doing like all like the fucking she's like maximizing the seconds like every like yeah. she's trying to do a whole extreme expose dance just on the way to the ring and Tony Mamaluke is like ice cold like deep breathing because he knows he's gonna wrestle Sabu, Sabu. Yeah. and like I thought that was a good little twist to it there you know we get a shot of the uh, <laughs> the rugged good looks with the handsome doctor of thugonomics. He's a sexy boy. I'm just saying. What? He's got all about how handsome John Cena is, but the, the handsome, rugged, good looks of the beautiful Doctor of Thugonomics, handsome John Cena, they got bust up by Sabu. Look at this, Joey. And John's got like a little trickle of blood oh, coming yeah, out of him. Oh, yeah, he got a little boo-boo. He got his eyes split open. Yes. So there you go. Uh, my man Tony is ready to maximize his minutes, or should I say... His minute. Yeah, this this is. Don't get your hopes up, folks. You're not getting a big meaty wrestling match here. But you want to see divas? Yeah, go to Raw. Oh my God. You want to see divas? Oh, SmackDown. Shut up. You want to see the Vixens? <laughs> you want to check out ECW? We went what? 120 seconds before mentioning Raw and SmackDown again. Like, what's a vixen? Lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call ladies here on ECW. Because right, let's look at our roster of vixens. We've got Kelly Kelly. Yep. Trinity. Yep. I believe Ariel, we can include her there as the well. Named Ariel, yeah, the tarot lady. And we got Francine. Yep. As well. So we've got. Vixens. We got a very young girl, a vampire, a, a stunt lady, and like kind of a throwback to like the classic Queen of Extreme. It's Francine, the kind of a legend. In the business, although if you're a woman being a legend in the business in the in the mid two thousands, that's like that's an oxymoron. Like yeah. You can't be that, no. like you know. So and she's like used maybe once or twice. I was going to say they're not going to be wrestling or anything. I don't like them branding them as vixens, like it's going to be a division when it's blatantly not a division. These are all going to be like just managers or um or valets. valets like, like, yeah. I mean, they do like you know costume contests and Fuck, of course stuff like do. that. Like you know, yeah. there's extra. I mean, there's a whole episode of ECW that's strip poker coming up. The way you keep mentioning these upcoming ones, like, yeah. we'll get to that soon when we review it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... Well, I'm just saying Billy's on her heels now with the SmackDown Raw business. We have to... <laughs> oh, yeah, this will really show him. Like... ECW on Wah, fam, man. <laughs> that would work, you know? Oh, be really, really good. Joey touts the racing success of ECW. Did you know, Taz, that ECW was the number one rated show on all cable on Tuesday night last week? And then Taz, in experience, goes, huh, yeah, Joey Styles, but Monday Night Raw was the most oh successful God. show on cable for the entire week. The whole week. Why'd you say that? And he says it like chuckling. Why? Does he not know? Did he mix it up? I mean, I wouldn't mention the ratings full stop. If you want to be the fucking third brand, the, the counterculture alternative, like, why are you bragging about how you're so successful and popular? Like, it doesn't fit at all. Yeah, I don't think I ever need to hear 
people talking about ratings on a wrestling show. No. The only unless you're a heel like authority figure or something like <sighs> Adam, maybe. You, you've not seen enough of them long Eric Bischoff promos. No, I haven't. In fairness, but, <laughs> but to me, that's the only time you can mention ratings is to get heat. Yeah. I can't see it in a sort of a babyface kind of way at all. Like yeah, and also as well like week two. Do you think it's going to be as good as week one? Yeah, you're setting yourself up here now, mate. Yeah, well, the only making me go is like right. I better keep my eye on the Nielsen fucking ratings <laughs> this week. Then we get some of Sabu's stuff here and Tony yeah. sells like a champ we get some dives to the outside the crowd are more into it this week I feel in some respects for Sabu and that maybe it's just that it's a straight up match at the top of the hour that's what I think it is it's a wrestling match different like, than Raw different than Smackdown shut up so you know they're seeing Sabu has the chair and table out immediately if you're the yep. type of wrestling fan that's going to chant we want blank Sabu is probably going to make sure you're He's, he's preempted you on that front. Yeah, they've just sat through two hours of SmackDown. We've got to make sure we give them something to pop them. Like. Taz praises the ingenuity of Sabu that when Tony Mamaluke dives off the top rope onto Sabu, who has a chair, Sabu throws it at Tony Mamaluke. Yes. The chair hits Tony, then and it then, hits Sabu, <laughs> yeah. and then Tony lands and on the chair land on top of him. And, and Sabu. It's a genius move there by genius. Sabu. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about, like, you know, all over, like, bulk amount of, you know, HP removed from wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, you both got into the orange there. It was super effective, yeah. <laughs> Awful. Tony goes through the table. We got slingshot Arabian leg drop by Sabu, who then locks in the camel clutch. Tony doesn't look like a complete jabroni. Not completely, no. He looks like he got routed by the really scary Sabu, who's yeah. using the exact things that John Cena is maybe not ready for, you know, at the ECW Lumberjack match. At vengeance, and that's the only thing I could think of here is that like this isn't like this isn't a taste of what's to come for Sabu on ECW. It's no, it's literally because he's fighting John Cena on Sunday, and John Cena's their golden boy. So we need to make Sabu look at least a little bit decent right now. I mean, they've got something with Sabu here. They do, you know? but they're not gonna they're not gonna make the most of it. I don't think. And I, I Let's wanna... see Sabu on week three and week four. That's it. And I want to say as well, like I'm not saying this is because they've presented Sabu in a particular way. Sabu is there. I think Sabu is one of those self evident wrestlers yeah. that you have to try quite hard to make the audience not react to and let me tell you they find a way to do that mm. oh boy do they ever he's been squashed by Omaga in 60 seconds before oh, the end geez. of the year Joey and Taz laugh about what's going to happen to John Cena at Vengeance <laughs> funny love having some chuckles here on ECW I'll tell you what I'm excited for you to see that match though I yeah I'm looking forward to it's it a good one. it's looking, a real good I'm very much looking forward to that show hey it's Kelly oh no who is more nervous than last week hi I'm Kelly, and I'm an exhibitionist. Well, last week, I was so excited that I couldn't get my bra off. But tonight, I'm going to show you everything I have. So stay tuned. This is the backstage vignette. Yes. It says, last week... I was so excited to take my clothes off. I just couldn't undo my bra. So this week, I'm going to take it all off. Smile more, smile more. Oh, Kevin, please. Ugh. How's the segment looking, Paul? Is it looking pure? Stop it. Is it pure? Is it innocent? You're making me feel icky. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Stop. Fucking it is. You should it's feel fucking icky. Really fucking this icky. This is fucking icky. This is gross. Awful, like. She's promising tonight that... 
We're going to get the full Shimoli. Yeah. That's what's going to happen tonight, folks. We're going to see nudity on ECW. Hardcore nudity on hardcore ECW. And from a nervous 19-year-old doing a direct-to-camera promo, we now cut to a nervous RVD World Heavyweight Champion doing a promo. What happened here? Check it out, fans. Everybody's favorite wrestler and mine, an ECW World Champion, Rob Van Dam. Tonight, you get to see me wrestle in a tag team match at that. My partner is the Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Kurt would be here with me right now, but I couldn't wait for him to twist another one up. That guy makes pretzels out of his sparring partners. Good partner to have in my match tonight against Monday Night Raw's Randy Orton in Edge. Yeah, the same Edge who's gonna have his ass handed to him on Sunday at Vengeance when he comes after my championship. But Edge, you don't even have to wait till Sunday to find out what's gonna happen, because tonight, you and Randy get to get an extreme ass kicking. <laughs> Big match, RVD needs to get rolling, if you know what I mean. Okay, one more time. Rob Van Dam. So fucking weird. Okay, first things first, we get the classic ECW extreme wonky close-up and zooming in and out. Fine, yeah. Which I was like, good, that's giving me the vibe. Yes, it's different. And Rob's trying to be like that. He's trying to be old Rob Van Dam. He's mm. not being the new, cool, you know, WWE Rob Van Dam. He's being the arrogant because he's like everyone's favorite wrestler. Me, yeah. Rob Van Dam. He really, if I heard a whistle go and I would have thought this is classic RVD here. I think the, the most important word that you said there is trying. Yes. This feels like a tough enough audition tape. <sighs> like this is really rough. Sounds a little bit bored. Really, yeah. Like bored, flat, nervous, unsure. Like, this is the fourth time he's done it and he's just sick enough of it now. Yeah, that's it. He's been given too many notes. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And like, you can do the wavy, wonky, crazy ECW cam. The verbiage, you know, which is pretty non-WWE. He's like, time to get rolling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, they, they are doing their wink and the nods. But like, man, is it weird? Am I too much of a WWE super fan that I see that exact tarp behind them? They're casting the purple light on them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the same. That's the fucking same one. That Brooklyn brawler ass. Like, yeah. you go there, do a promo, that fucking oh. tarp where every fucking shitty trading card picture yep. and like 8x10 glossy, yep. every regional for the market promo was cut, every WWE.com Unlimited. I mean, it just wasn't ECW, was it? Where's give me a fucking couple of bin bags and some That's barbed it. wire? Give me Paul Heyman's mom's basement. <laughs> it's literally it would look better than it this. It would, no, genuinely would. Old ECW looks better than it this. It does because it's at least different. Sounds like he's uh, streaming and his family's asleep in the next room. <laughs> so I can only talk at this maximum volume here. Where hang on a second, mutes the mic. So anyway, as I was saying, uh, I've got a match coming up later on tonight. And the match is going to be him and Kurt Angle versus Edge and Randy Orton. You know what? Something to be excited about Fine there. match. Four Good excellent wrestlers in the main event. I would have immediately been planting seeds of like Rob and Kurt or whatever. Because he's like, wow, Kurt Angle, cool, whatever, man. He puts his sparring partners into pretzel shapes. Yeah. I would have been like, everyone's going to want this. Mm -hmm. I, like I, Anything. Like, you're champion. Like you're not you wouldn't be know it. You wouldn't know it, but no. like, if you're champion, I'd be like, everyone wants this, mm. whatever it is. And like, it's not as if Rob hasn't done that, because when Rob was like ECW television champion, that dude could cut a champion promo and talk about how this is what everyone wants, mm -hmm. and this is the cool thing, and just, 
I don't know. He's between a rock and a hard place, I guess. Everyone wants this. It, it spins. It's cool, man. Okay. Big Show versus Time. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's not, it's not Time. This is, this is weird, though, because Big Show just comes out, like, all scowly. Makes his entrance with his music and everything, yeah. And, and Justin Roberts. Okay. But he's like, ladies and gentlemen, the Big Show. Okay. And he's here. And then Tommy Dreamer just comes out. He makes his entrance. So it's, this is obviously a match. No, they're just having a segment. Yeah. Just a segment. It's not like Big Show comes out, starts cutting a promo, and Tommy Dream is like, let me tell you something. It's no. First guy makes his entrance. Second guy makes his entrance. Literally like a match. And let me tell you something. I'm going to get emotional here. Oh. But no one gave more being a fan for Tommy Dreamer than I did. I broke my Tommy Dreamer ECW action figures back play fighting an ECW with my other figures. God damn you. I, I <laughs> 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 just... I like I like Tommy. I do. I do. And you know, I, I've always I've always liked Tommy. And I kind of I had a moment where I was like, you know what? He's going to keep doing stuff, and I don't want to keep up with it anymore. So like, you know, around the time of like I don't know whenever it was the last run in TNA, I saw it in like two thousand ten or twelve, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. Off you go now. Okay, you can wrestle the Wyatt family in the compound. We'll just Jesus. Yeah, right. Fucking hell. He thought EV2 was bad, like. So I was like, oh right, God. I'm done with you, Tommy. That's fine. I don't want to hear your hot takes about Ric Flair or whatever else Ugh. is you're going to say. You know. But man, the anti pop that Tommy gets yep. here. How? Again, How? Another example of someone that's got the nice, quiet music so you can hear mm. the lack of reaction mm. nice and clearly. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is tragic. Apparently, when Mick Foley did that, you know, the Italian promo he did. <laughs> <laughs> but, when he, but when he did that promo, he was apparently mad pissed off because he, he got mixed up. Right. And he accidentally did two bits about Tommy Dreamer. He wanted Because you know, everybody we were talking about, like, he has to put over Tommy Dreamer yes. and Edge and Lita yeah. and the ECW and Heyman and like everything. He put over Dreamer twice. And he put over Dreamer twice. Right. And like Dreamer, if you want to, you know, he got a lot out of that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lad who was fucking drinking Undertaker's fucking gusset water. Oh, and now, Jesus Christ. And you know, he's one of the few people where he had been booked as a jobber before by Vince. And yep. then they're like, okay, you can be a main eventish guy. Let's turn it around. And even still with that, and you know, there's no mention of Tommy Dreamer's crappy back story on WWE is a shitty member of the invasion or mm. the guy who had weird things and the crowd are just it won't stick no it will not two weeks away from an audience that was you know say what you will about 06 the crowd were were there chanting ECW at the relatively important that's points that's because that was an ECW crowd this is a Smackdown crowd a tired Smackdown crowd yeah. and you've got a man coming out in tracksuit bottoms and a t-shirt to I'm a man in my socks <laughs> Being extra quiet <laughs> Won't you please take your shoes off <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> It's so sad <laughs> It's really tragic. And you fucking know that he's coming out here to get squashed by the big show as well. That is a foregone conclusion. Last week in the Extreme Battle Royale, you got a taste of what it means to be hardcore. But if you want to be an ECW rebel extremist wrestler, you got to go through me. Use a little slap. Oh, I ain't never seen no one slap the big show before. 
And we just get a very, 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 very slow, quiet, non-extreme beatdown. It's not yeah. as if Big Show's like going to pick up the steps no, and go, boom! Doesn't kill him or anything. Right hand. Slowly teach you a lesson. He's Show's drenched in sweat. Yeah. He's gassed. The man is in a bad way. Yeah, he like, seems really, really unhealthy like, at this point. That's not the weight of a Bon Vivore who's having a great time. That's the weight of a man who's fucking chain-smoking, is hurt... And just wants off the fucking road. That's, I don't even know if it's necessarily to do with his weight. Because I've seen Big Show at a similar size before and look much healthier. Or have a bit happier. of a gas tank on him. Yeah, yeah I, I, he's just like, he's sore. That's it. it. It seems more like he is just unwell and hurt. I think you send him to a place where it's all gimmicks. Have Tommy Dreamer grab a chair and him go, bam, you know, punch the chair. Easy. You know, WMD, easy yep. peasy, whatever it is. Just, you know, do that spot. He was doing that spot back in 01, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. But why do you need to do this at 10 minutes of him be like... Ugh. Yeah, but it's like, you're watching the fucking Irishman, like watching. God, it, it, God, it really <laughs> yeah, is. It proper is. Come here, you. I want to give you one of these. Uh, yeah, why is that young man wrestling like a seventy-year-old? Like? Gingerly beating him up, and like the most extreme thing ha- that happens here is that as Tommy Dreamer's being beaten up, he grabs t- the Big Show's singlet and he kind of like unsinks it. Unsinks it, as in like Big Show's under singlet and pants kind of come up, and the singlet is kind of oh, random. No, he's twisting. He has it. to kind of like. You know, mm. get in there a little bit, like, you know. The spandex is fine when it's playing ball, but if you get desynced, it's almost as worse as wearing nothing at all. It comes to something when that's the highlight of the segment. <laughs> and and then when that when that happens, right? When when Big Show Singlet gets unsynced, you know, Taz goes, This is extreme. This is graphic and it is not for everyone, but this is how ECW rolls, Joey Styles. <laughs> Well, it's the big throw. Oh, he did it. He does it this time. He called his shot. The crowd, and I cannot stress this enough, do not care. I swore I heard someone chanting for the big show. No. Big show, big show, big show, big show. I don't know what Tommy Dreamer is here, but like, for someone who's had as much TV exposure, Raw, Smackdown, pay-per-views, all the video packages hyping up ECW, he's front and center. It's like he's this niche flavor this this dish that gets put out on the table and everyone's like ah no no i don't want any thanks yeah i honestly i i'm actually i'm right there with the crowd to be honest he's olives i I love them i feel like dreamer is a proper you had to be there kind of wrestler if you were watching ecw back in the day you probably have a lot of love for that guy or if if you didn't really and he wanted to kind of embody that like a lot of us were in 06 yeah he's that too but like I feel like I never watched ECW or anything, but I see Sandman, I get it. I see Sabu, I totally get it. Taz, I get it. Dreamer, you had to be there, I think. It just doesn't quite connect. Yeah, I think there is a great story with Tommy Dreamer, but it's not to be told by WWE. No, definitely not. You know, it it simply ain't. Two weeks ago, the wildly successful one-night stand, Randy Orton, tapped out. We see him in action later on tonight. On ECW, I would have immediately had a promo with Randy saying, I don't want to be here. Right, yep. I, I'm, I'm even supposed to be here. I would have whatever it was to have him be like, no, not this place. Yep. Give me something. Because Randy, as good as he is on that one night stand, tonight is just to the right of the office. This is what we need. Like That was the thing that one night stand had going for it, is it had Randy and Cena, the guys that aren't supposed to be there. And like you talked about before, ECW in 97, like the reason why it was so exciting to watch it as a WWE fan is because you had fucking Jerry Lawler being like, no, it's crap. I don't like it. This show really needs someone there to be like, oh, I hate this place. It's too extreme. It's too violent. It's rinky dink. 
and we don't get that. We just get a lot of guys being like, I'll tell you what, this is better than Raw and SmackDown, ain't that for sure? It's just frustrating to watch something that's like, even if, you, I can see this now, because like back then, I was like, the, the failings are all because it's been disingenuous to the original ECW. Mm. But like, I know enough now to know like, that that obviously was, was, ne- not gonna that was never going to happen. But you could do something else. There was fun. something else. That yeah. was it. Like, And when you see like the success of NXT, like, don't tell me that the success of NXT in like, 2013 onwards like was something that only could have happened then. No. Fuck off. There were a million indie wrestlers without a spotlight. There were a million smaller arenas. There was deals to be made. There was you could have put on the alternative they were making this out to be. But man, this alternative tastes a lot like raw. <laughs> and again, not to fucking harp on about it, but the angle versus Orton match at the pay-per-view proved yeah. that you can do something exactly. that's like look, it's not the old ECW, but it sure does feel different and alternative, doesn't it? Like, no one's chatting ECW here no. on either of these shows tonight, folks. Except for the ECW superstars backstage. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's our thing. You don't do that. That's our thing. Another shot of Kevin Thorne. Ah, ooh, blah. And Taz is literally like, huh, all sorts. <laughs> oh, baby. Fuck yes. Me. Let me tell you something, brother. The Sandman, he's maybe crossed the line because Nacho Libre is looking for a fight yeah looking for a fight see everything twice yeah see everything twice now, i'll tell you right now i was obsessed to fucking bejesus with this as a kid yep and what i realized now was it was because i wasn't that familiar with randy savage right so i just liked that aspect of it okay you thought it was just funny and through a combination of more DVDs coming out, or me being interested in more classic wrestling from before when I was watching. Uh, you know, this would have around the time where I got my WrestleMania box set. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm going to check out the older wrestling and all of that. Because I wasn't really familiar with Macho Man and stuff. And mm-hmm. honestly, a big part of it would have been the original intros from Botchamania that would have been starting around this yeah. time. You know, they would have had little clips of Macho Man in it. So, like, yeah, I mean, I fucking love hearing Macho Man talk. I can see this what it is right now, which isn't the greatest thing ever. No. Nope. It is a rather cruel parody of someone who Vince McMahon just doesn't like That's for whatever it. reason. Yeah. It's punching down at Randy for this. And this is the point where I really felt like what I was saying earlier, antagonistic. I felt like, oh, they're just straight up trolling us at this point now. Like they're not even attempting to put on a, a fun wrestling show. They are just like trying to make you annoyed at this. And this crowd, they are cold to the embrace of yep. this comedy. I mean, it's a good impression. It's a funny play on words. It's fine. It's but like, yeah. I want, again, like what we were saying about with the zombie, if this happened at an indie show we were at, I'd be like, oh, that's yes. daft. That's why I'd want my indie show. Yeah, keep it off of TV. Fucking hell. Do you like the little insert promo we got from Sandman, who, by the way, <laughs> looks <laughs> way less into it this week than he did yeah. last week. Hey, I'm the Sandman. I come out and I hit guys with kendo sticks or whatever. Fuck. I like drinking beers and chasing girls. And if you get in my way, I'll kill the holy hell out of you. <laughs> He's like one octave away from Steve-O, isn't he? I was literally about to say it's so Steve-O. Because you've been, you've been drinking beers and chasing... <laughs> but bam, bam, you, you were chasing women and drinking beers... And you know, you got my way and I had to, I turned to you the holy hell out of you. You're listening to The Intervention with Steve-O, my new podcast where I try and get all my friends to stop drinking. Hey, do you guys like nicotine? I've, I've got loads of it to sell. <laughs> 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 They'll 
Kenshi. That's the problem though, aren't they? <laughs> They'll run out of stars of Jackass that you want to retrospectively feel bad about. Oh, I love the new Jackass movie. I like the new generation. No, no, no. They're fucking in trouble as yeah, well. Yeah, they've got problems too. Steve-O to the rescue. So, um, yeah, we get a... It's the fucking same thing. Sandman <laughs> yeah. comes out and kills him. That like... is an ECW alum, by the way. Is it? Uh, it's, Tony, it's Tony DeVito of the Baldies fame. Call 54 to base. Call 54 to base. This is Lieutenant Carl Trilla. I need immediate backup. Officer down in the vicinity of Nathan Central. I'm being chased by what appears to be a rogue street gang. Repeat, the Baldies, the Baldies. The Baldies? The Baldies. I don't even know about these lads. I fucking love the Baldies. Because this was me, like, my ECW, you know, I, I, my experience was, you know, I would have seen my... My odd VHS here for my brother's cool friends who, who had the like, stairway to hell and all that kind okay. of stuff. And then it's like, oh my god, ECW starting on TNN on Bravo in 2000 when like everyone has left. You know, like, Taz is gone, the Dudleys are gone. And literally, week one, the Dudleys and Taz leave. And like week two, Paul Heyman's like, well, I don't need the fucking Dudleys. I've got the Baldies. Baldies. And they had the exact same gimmick. They were just... Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, ultra heels would come out, cut a fucking horrible, evil promo. Everyone right. hated them. Then they get the shit beat out of them. That's, that's really it. The only real claim to fame that the Baldies had was that um, Vic Grimes was in the Baldies. Right. He would have been Keys in WWF. He was yep. uh, Draws' dealer. And he had that infamous match with uh, New Jack, where New Jack tried to kill him. by jeez. Oh, that much. Oh, yeah. I took a stun gun with 20,000 volts in and I tried to kill that man. Cold case if there ever was one that. <laughs> and he's Macho Libre he's now. Macho Libre. He will come back later on as a priest who does this great promo where he's like, all of you who watch ECW, you're all gonna burn in hell. And everyone's like, holy shit. Yeah, they all go ECW. That's like, what we need. This is cool. And then he took off the his collar and went, by the way, I'm not a real priest. Oh, for fuck's sake. I just pretend to be a man in a cloth to get what I want. For fuck's sake. <laughs> what? You had a decent idea then. I like drinking beers, chasing women, and if you pretend to be a man in a cloth, <laughs> I can't holy hell out of Oh, come on, please. I need to get this over and done with, Kevin. I like drinking communion wine, eating wafers. And if you don't think that's the body and blood of Christ, I can't the holy... So used to say in my school, I came the holy hell out of you. Kevin. <laughs> my vitality meter is nearly empty here, dude. <laughs> this this episode, show is killing me. This episode is doing psychic damage. It literally <laughs> is. Oh. Uh, yes, the caning and the white Russian leg sweep gets a sand win on this, I quote... Big steaming pile of sports entertainment. Yep. Taz and Joey have a belly laugh. He's like, this is like something you see on Raw again. Yes. Can't stop mentioning it. I'll tell you what, though. I'm happy for this. ECW original referee John Finnegan gets a backstage segment. With Paul Heyman. With Paul. He's like, Paul, John Cena's here. And Paul's talking to to the other ECW referee, uh, Pee Wee, I believe. And he's like, you're in ECW. You're only here to hear the tap or count the three. That's all you're here for. Like, basically mm. saying, 
There ain't no rules. We'll see about that. Oh man, you're gonna get a big old rule book next week. Remember on uh, Sunday's pay per view last week with the uh, double, that was, double count out? That was Tricky Stick Patrick. Okay, that was a WWE call. Hey guys, let's go in the bunker with Nick Patrick. What's going on with the conspiracy right now? Because Nick Patrick has been at the center of controversy throughout his career, and in 2023, he's got a hot new idea. (laughs) He believes that AEW is being secretly controlled by Vince McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking idiot. To our colleagues who gave a platform to, to whoever decided to interview him and thought... Fucking yeah, whatever, man. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think there's something to that, like, you know? Yeah, if you think about it for long enough. I think Tony Khan caused the screw job, the Montreal screw job, you know? Where was he in 97? All of his posts on something awful, they don't go back that far. <laughs> I think he was planning there's something. There's no record of there's Tony no Khan pre 97. Yeah. John Cena is here. Yes. And he thinks he likes it. For fuck's sake. He's got a big dirty black pudding eye on him though. That's yeah, look little, at that. Little ring around the corner here. He uh, shoots the shit with Sabu. I'll tell you, all the ECW guys are all here now. You know, are all about to start doing their favorite ECW. chant. Come on guys, let's get a chant going. Like, ECW. <laughs> and Rob Van Dam is just stood there. Yeah. In the background beside like fucking Danny Doran. Like. Fucking Sabu should be champion, mate. Like he seems like the big deal here. You don't have a double world champion be one of the boys just stood there. It feels like that's what he's chosen to do, though. Going off the fucking energy he's been putting into his promos. Like, You're really... not elevating anyone. You are being drawn, yes. dragged right back down into mid-card hell with all of this. So John Cena challenges all of them to show up if they want to fight. It's basically extreme lumberjack match we're going to get yes. at the pay-per-view. He wants to play on hard mode. And Sabu breaks his vow of silence that he made to his uncle, the original Sheik. And he says it's one of the things he's most ashamed about in his entire career. No. Was that Vincent Man basically pressured him and saying, you're going to speak. And he's like, okay. And he just goes, deal. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for him because it's like, there's not many people in wrestling, like from this era in particular, where it's like, no, no. Like The Undertaker is maybe the only one mm. where it's like, no, no, no. There's a certain line with the character that we just won't you cross. You don't cross that mystique. Did Sabu need to say anything? No. No. I don't think so. You could have him nod and then walk off or shake John's hand or anything else. The idea of like, if you want to do a thing where you finally make Sabu like it's a big moment, he said deal. Make it a big moment. Have it in front of the crowd. Put it on TV. Like This backstage segment, when you telling me that there is the first time I realised that this is the first time he spoke. Yeah. Like, because you wouldn't know it. They didn't make any fuss no, about no, it here no. whatsoever. Like, that's just something that they go, it's something that's there... I mean, you view it two ways. There's people, you read the dirt sheets where it's like, oh, they're trying to antagonize the original ECW fans. And it's like, you know what? It was great back in 2006 having such a great sense of self-importance that you thought that you were part of a group that were so big they had to be fucked You'd be with. victimized, yeah. Like, a, there wasn't enough of us. And B, yeah. either there was, we were going to be fucking watching anyway, weren't they we? They didn't care. You know, sitting there in her ECW t-shirt with her Tommy Dreamer and Sandman action figure being Aww. like, this will not stand, sir. <laughs> this will not stand. But the reality is, is I think that Vince McMahon, he did see a little something in Sabu. Yeah, he liked Sabu, didn't he? And I think in his mind, no, 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 you you talk. And that's Vince's thing, isn't it? It's yeah. sort of like, oh, you've been doing this, have you? Well, I want to push you out of your comfort zone. Imagine and you how good this. you'll be. I, in many ways, it's a vogue confidence. Like, oh, if you're yeah. this good without speaking, once me and my production crew get at you, you'll be a big deal. And he, well, he sure wasn't wrong, was he, Kevin? Deal. 
So good. <laughs> like Ron Simmons, have him say deal all the time now. <laughs> like... yeah, li- literally had to negotiate himself down to one word. Like This probably started off as like two lines, and then it's like, no, I just, I just say deal. Well, Sabu, you're going to love this sushi restaurant. What do you want to order? Eel. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Balls Mahoney, who stands through this entire segment. Politely smiling and nodding. Yeah. yeah, he's got a very friendly face. Balls. Does. He does. He's a nice why, smile. Why he stuck around for in WWE for as long as he did. Like mm. Balls Mahoney got a match with the Undertaker on SmackDown, folks. Just fucking out. Just saying. Wow. He wrestled John Cena and the Undertaker during his run in WWE. Not a bad day at the he office. Did good Not for a, a guy b- named Balls. That's pretty good. Kelly's subsequent expose. Fuck me. What's this? She's going to have the experience of, of exposing herself ruined by Mike Knox. Oh, is that who that is? That's Mike Knox. They, no one knows. Physical. It's like some guy. <laughs> he gets the only heat of the night because when he comes in, you can hear somebody like, No, let her finish! <laughs> yeah! Oh! But they weren't into it anyway. The crowd, again, weren't making a peep. It was only when it got, like, called off that someone was like, Oh, no, come on. Give her a chance. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> also, for an exhibitionist, she's fucking shit at taking her clothes off. Like, it's harder than it looks. If, if you're meant to be into the idea of getting naked, get naked already. She's like taking forever. Like, oh, this clasp. Miss Kitty is uh, come undone. Miss Kitty's broken every piece of furniture in her locker yeah, seriously, room. Seriously, like, that's you know, how you work an exhibitionist. Done, angle. like you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think you need to read out what happens next because I feel like no one's going to believe me if I say it. Are you talking about the fact that this? Is a test, Kevin. Yes! The hottest free agent in pro wrestling has been signed to ECW. Full to the fucking brim he is. Andrew Test Martin. My God. And he looks crap. Yeah, just so you know, it's not like 2001 Test doing cool... That's cool, it, because cool on SmackDown spots. Crawl, we have been big old Test fans We've for the last yeah. while now. We, like, we saw things from Cousin Owen's perspective yeah. in that heady 2001 period. Summer of 01, Test is crushing it. Like He's doing well. He yeah. absolutely is. But let me tell you, you're not making me very excited by almost exclusively using clips of him in his feud with Scott Steiner. Oh. Fucking hell. In a feud over who can dehumanize Stacey Keebler the most. And he's got the fucking crap short hair. He's got his little bicycle shorts on now he looks so rubbish and that's the way way instead of being like test test this is a test da, boom come on boy da, 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 yeah boom, the fun boom. music no it's, it's test test this, smackdown 2 music like proper naff yeah they're fucking coming mike knox test bob holly kevin thorne <laughs> bobby lashley like we got a big the real stars javari like vince mcmahon yeah baby <laughs> fucking hell main event time finally kurt angle rob van damme versus rated or k egg oh. oh my fucking god there's a lot of pissed off folks in the ring here tonight a lot of promises made promises not kept imagine being rob van damme having two world titles and feeling you've been shortchanged yeah, like seriously. that's how fucking weird wrestling is right now mm. you know and whatever people have been talking about like oh when Punk he, he got the belt they, they ruined it they ruined him they sidelined yeah. him and it's like well you know what John Cena had that as well because John Cena lost the belt and like suddenly became number three babyface mm-hmm. to fucking dickhead Shawn Michaels and Triple H yeah. because that's a long haul they're in for over there yeah, it's gonna be a good long stretch and they'll be the main eventers for a long 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 time We've, do you want some of the main event of vengeance mm. 
DX versus the Spirit Squad. Oh, we're going to get a lot of that, That's aren't we? That's the main event. The main event. Nikki, Mikey, <laughs> fucking Dongy, oh, Doug, <laughs> Barry, John, Tony, like, all the fucking lads. Oh. Also as well, they give us a little uh, title card for vengeance here. Mm. This fucking 3D movie maker oh, vibes. Oh man, I love these graphics. Whoa. <laughs> so what would you like to do? Would you like to revive a promotion or ruin a promotion? <laughs> Edge's promo here. This is such fucking panto healing. Oh, and he's shooting from the hip. He's going to business for himself. Look out, the ricochet's coming. I think that ECW sucks. Oh, mild booze. And each and every one of you that likes ECW, <gasps> I think you suck too. Fuck's sake, man. No wonder I was such an angry young man. You know, like, you know antagonized all the time. Like. I sat through two hours of SmackDown and like 30 minutes of ECW. That's, that's it. I've had my fill. You, you don't want me here? I'm going to leave then. I'm out of here. <laughs> the three people who were cheering feel like <laughs> sheepish about it now, whatever it is. Uh... Joey Styles talking all over the ring announcer when he's making his entrance yep. his announcements is um, shoddy. Yeah, really shoddy. Yeah, I mean you can tell there's a lot of like headsets being thrown moments here because it's probably you know compared to like a live ECW pay per view back in the day, it's probably a lot more hiccup free. Mm. But in terms of a WWE presentation, you could tell they're fucking raging here. There's like lots of little missed moments, just yeah. like slightly wrong just you know? enough to be sloppy as a product like and always when there's a quiet crowd every mistake is magnified times 10 yeah you know happy to see more kurt angle here yeah and it feels like he's a bigger deal than rob because i don't think i've ever seen a world champion yet alone a dual world champion get worked over for the hot tag to someone else and that's what kurt's doing here he's, the, he's the feature attraction it's the feature so that means that rob is below sabu and kurt he's like the third guy in the company now like. what do you think of the the tweaks of the presentation because this week we have the plain black mats yes ecw's in the corner we've brought down the house lights yeah. now as well now i know i've made my opinions known on house lights and all that but it makes it look different than raw and smackdown Mm, not I, different enough in my opinion I'm worried like, it's made these crowd like you turn off the lights you're going to make them sleepier <laughs> I, it's, it's might as well give everyone a glass of warm milk before the main event like. that's got to be to hide the empty seats right from all the people that have left post Smackdown surely well all I'll say is once we get the close ups on the crowd for like you know in a 40 minute show we have 5 minutes of posing going yay like yeah. it's you know it's Hogan and Warrior or whatever oh. it is and you can see they're a lot of empty seats there on the, a the end. A lot of empty seats. You know? And there's one thing worse than not being able to get people in the door. That's bad. Mm. But getting them in the door and you can't even keep them in the That's building. It, yeah, you got to lock them doors, you mate. You spend fucking 50 $60 on a ticket, probably more, mm -hmm. and you're not even going to stay until the end. That's it. That is really bleak, isn't it? Like, in your main event isn't as good as the prospect of, like... Going home. Being, being kind of <laughs> circumvented. Hey, I've been there. I, I don't like... You know, a lot of gigs... Like, um, I'd say good you know, 70% of gigs I've been to in my life, I've been at the end being like, this is too long and I don't yeah. want to stand here anymore. I'd mm -hmm. still you know, like big, big crowds and been stood up for ages or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So, you know, I get the whole like, I don't want to stay here forever, but like... But you have also sat through like seven, eight hour indie shows and made it to the end I before have, now. You like... know, it, it takes a special wrestling show to make you not want to stay mm. to the end. Because and a cushion as well, preferably. Like... Whatever about music or whatever it is, but generally speaking... Best kind of gets saved to last on a wrestling show. Traditionally speaking, yeah, you standard. know. Uh, <laughs> Rob gets ground down slowly. Yep. You know, this is Edge and Randy's match. They're doing the standard main event heel style. Yep. This is like a 
main event you get on Raw. Yeah, let's know. grind down the champion. Pretty much. Taz, it's the middle of the match, is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Randy here at ECW. Yeah, me too. You know, regu- <laughs> Honestly. On a regular basis. Like, what even is ECW now then? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's not Raw, I'll tell you that. Yeah, clearly. Hot keg to Turt Angle, who suplexes everyone. I needed that, thank you. You're very welcome. Perked me right back. <laughs> and then randomly, Rob just grabs a chair and swings it at Randy, hits him in the back. I'm like, yes. oh yeah, it's Extreme Rules, by the way. It's ECW, right? Now, here's the problem. is like, you can do this thing where it's like, all matches are ECW yes. rules, but we're not going to go there every match. Yes. Like, you know, like Rob and John and Randy and Kurt, they were extreme matches at, at One Night Stand. But it doesn't need all the gimmicks. They didn't use them all. And yeah. Kurt, Kurt and Randy didn't use any at all. Yes. So I thought this was fine as in like kind of a middle ground of Rob might take out a chair. It's an option. It's an option. Yeah. But then it's like, well, we're going to call it an extreme rules match. It's like, way, here comes the gimmicks. Mm. And all of a sudden, it's like, that's never what ECW was about. No. Like, you know? Now there's pressure to use gimmicks. It's just a, it's a gimmick in itself. Lena gets in this match a lot. Yeah, you know, she's all over the place. Another member of the not too happy with how things are going brigade here. Do not blame her. She gets the angle slam. That is the most ECW thing that's happened it is. on these entire two episodes, I think. And I hate how much it worked with the crowd. They, yeah, they, they literally woke up for they us. They came alive for that. And a very, very cool move here. I really enjoyed. Rob Van Dam came in. He started clearing house. He does the rolling thunder. And just as he's about oh, to make yes. the last bit, a drop kick from Edge. Yeah. Really, that. really good. The mid-air collision. Really cool. But I'm talking about morsels in the desert here That's now. it. Yeah. That, like, make no mistake. There is not a lot of choice here. So Edge goes for the spear, and I think Rob is grabbing the ECW title at the same time. Yes. The idea is that they kind of meant to like clock into each sort other. Clips him, yeah. It just looks. It looks really short. It looked like a botch. To yeah, be it looked like it hurt. Yeah. Five star frog splash. ECW wins, and Taz just goes, "All right." And that's it. <laughs> a lot of people have left. Fuck me. This, my friends. <sighs> I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the. This wasn't the rebirth. This was the afterbirth, if anything. Oh man, it was a tough watch, Adam. Because it was, was one of the hardest days at the office ever. I think. Did you get this done in one sitting? Yes, somehow. Mercifully short. Some, that is the one benefit it had is that they were both forty-minute episodes. But my God, they did not feel it. Like I say. Even stuff, the worst shit we've ever reviewed in the past. Even Heroes of Wrestling made me laugh with like Volkov and the Sheik like dancing around. <laughs> there was always something to enjoy. This is the most joyless experience I think I've ever had watching it's just something. dry. Really dry. And yeah. the fact is, the potential was really there. Like, they were launching this exciting third brand. It's based on an old IP that everyone has a lot of fondness for. They've got a few of the guys from the past and they've chosen... Honestly, I think they've made some good picks in terms of Kurt Angle and Big Show. Oh, a good roster. Being a good choice to add WWE guys in there. Like, those are good picks. There was a lot of potential for what should have been a decent show. And it wasn't even just like, oh, it was disappointing. It was like, no, this was unforgivably awful. Like, And I don't know if WWE it just said, <laughs> you're comparing it to those other things there and not very favorably, but like... WWE doesn't do chaos quite as well as those other promotions where yes. they give themselves enough rope to hang themselves with. This just feels very stifled. Yeah. Like, it's kind of... Everyone's held under a very strict thumb here so it can't spin off into a train wreck. Mm. Which means it's it's not so bad, it's good. I'm not going to lie, Adam. There's a couple of choice episodes. Oh, I'm really... fucking hell, Kevin. Seeing them in the Hammerstein ballroom. <sighs> oh, man. 
man, you know. I don't know. It's not up to me. <laughs> Clearly, because I ended up fucking doing this one despite saying that I wouldn't. It's obviously not up to me. I think let's see how people like this review. How about that? Maybe, because I feel like this is going to be one of the more negative episodes we've ever released. Oh, yeah. I don't think people like it when we get so upset about things. I think people only like it when we watch good shows, right? If right, I, If yeah. I know our audience like yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I think so. So maybe our fans will be like, oh, no, guys, don't watch anymore. Don't please, no more ECW. I'll let, I'll let them decide, okay? <laughs> the fate is in your hands. Mm. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Adichiera Podcast. And as always, you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your audio, SoundCloud, etc., Make sure you leave us no rating or review, and the best thing you can always do, if you find someone out there on the World Wide Web or in your life looking for a nice wrestling retrospective podcast, send them the Adventure of Podcasts way. You can catch us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Podcast, and find us on Twitter at AEPodcast. And on both social medias, you will find some fun little videos of clips from the podcast and clips from our Patreon content too. Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast, your one-stop shop for a ridiculous amount of exclusive audio content. If you enjoy the show and you like all the stuff here on the main feed, there is more than you can handle over at the Patreon page. We're talking about the SmackDown Crawl. We're talking about the Reading Ranch. We're talking about the Bibliotech Book Report series. We have got a whole shed load of special video episodes. Yeah. Our new series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound, where we review wrestling albums like Piledriver, Slam Jam, The Macho Man, Randy Savage, and the Hulk Hogan albums, all available there. There is always something new, at least two new pieces of content a month, going back, what, six, seven years now? Fucking hell, yeah, we've been at it a fair while. So, needless to say, there's a lot there. There's, I think, 200 hours in there, about. That's yeah. $5, and you immediately get access to over 200 hours of stuff. So, just even signing up for one month, you'll be fucking sorted for a while, I would say. And we like having our show be 100% fan and listener supported. There's a route this podcast could have been down where it is lots of ads. We stop every five seconds to plug various things. That's not how we want to do things because we are fortunate enough to have great backing from all of our people over at patreon.com slash podcast. So if you enjoyed the show and you've ever thought to yourself, I do like there not being quite as many ads in there as your standard podcast. Well, we're not going to stick a regular podcast ad-free behind the paywall. It's all new, all extra content. It's a really high standard and some of the best stuff we've ever made is over there on that Patreon page. We're very proud of it and we're very thankful for all of our lovely backers over patreon.com slash a podcast sign up today and drop out whenever you like hey and <laughs> our next episode is going i can't believe i'm saying this it's going to be a much more normal you return to form and yes. i'm very happy to be back in the snug embrace of teach generation x i have to say that this may have been worth doing just to recalibrate a little bit. Wet the, wet the palace. Because I've been enjoying season five and I've had it in my head the whole time that as soon as the X show up, it's going to become insufferable and I'm going to hate it. So it is nice to sort of take a look and be like, oh, the grass is actually way less greener on the other side. We should be happy that we're doing Raw instead. So in that regard... Thank you for making me do this, Kevin. <laughs> well, if the grass is going to be greener, it's only because there is a obligatory green theme to everything now that DX are Oof. reforming. And we're going to see you at Vengeance 2006, brought to you by DX-Men. Feel the power of DX-Men. Until then, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on the Adam Podcast. ECW. Ugh.
Hasselmania, wrestling history through Irish eyes. The rise and fall and rise and fall? Cast your memories back to Raw circa 2002. The whole invasion storyline is a distant memory for most who are involved, and WWE has been split into two separate brands, Raw and SmackDown, mimicking the scrapped plans to rejuvenate WCW in order to maintain some resemblance of competition. The WWE is in a pickle. Ratings are no longer at the high that they were during the Monday Night Wars, and many fans are coming to terms with the fact that The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin will soon be gone from active competition. Many fans switched off. I did for a while, I'll admit. But then one night, on a whim, I turned on Raw to find Eric Bischoff becoming the new general manager of Monday Night Raw. You gotta hand it to Vinnie Mac. He can pull off a genuine surprise from time to time. Around this time, Brock Lesnar was getting a hard push, squashing low and mid-carders week in and week out, being managed by Paul Heyman. It was at this time that they did a small feud where one Tommy Dreamer defended Extreme Championship Wrestling from comments that were made by Paul Heyman. God. ECW. Not the pissy alliance crap, but ECW F&W. <laughs> Nostalgia ran rampant through fans' hearts, including my own, for ECW chants filled the screen as we got to see Tommy Dreamer, who had been previously busy jobbing and eating weird things, Stevie Richards, and Rob Van Dam give us all some crumbs of the long-since-forgotten promotion. Richards and Dreamer even had an incredible Singapore cane match on Raw. The hardcore division had a little push as well. It was clear that the WWE saw potential in the concept. But then, nothing. The hardcore belt is unified, as Tommy Dreamer and Rob Van Dam have an emotional match, and soon all traces of ECW seem to disappear as the WWE decide to tone down the violence for a few years. But why did this brief few-week deal reach so many of us? For me, ECW always represented fringes of professional wrestling, constantly pushing the envelope and never seeming to care of the consequences. Now, I remember watching SmackDown in the late 90s on Sky Sports, and ECW on Bravo would soon be on at midnight. Sure, it was watered down ECW on TNN, but it was so damn different that it guaranteed warranted viewing. It was around this time that the WWE started taking on some of the old ECW guys who were leaving a sinking promotion. Taz, the Dudley Boys, and Raven all joined to pretty much everyone's surprise. Then, when ECW finally went under, Paul Heyman joined the announce booth, and Rhino, Spike Dudley, and Just Incredible all made surprise appearances. The relationship between ECW and WWE goes back years, and WWE has always capitalized on the cult following of ECW stars. When Taz debuted in the Royal Rumble in the year 2000, he got the biggest ovation in MSG that night, all because of his following from ECW. So when the invasion happened, WWE once again capitalized on ECW's following. So, okay, the whole storyline failed in the long run, but there isn't a person out there who could dispute that when all the ECW guys got in the ring that first night and Paul Heyman declared that ECW was back, the fans were excited. Because, my friends, it was ECW. So back to the 2000s, and a little DVD called The Rise and Fall of ECW makes its way out in 2005. 
This was a truly in-depth, enjoyable documentary and became one of the best-selling WWE home video productions of all time, and for good cause. So the inevitable was announced, and a long-awaited ECW reunion show, One Night Stand, was put into the works. Speculation ran rampant on the internet as everyone predicted and prophesied the pay-per-view's matches, as surprisingly, none were announced ahead of time. We only knew that the former ECW guys would be there, and some WWE guys would be there too. Hmm. Personally, I was worried that possibly the biggest pay-per-view of the year in many fans' minds was given a total of around 25 minutes of television time to promote it. So I watched the pay-per-view, and I was amazed. The WWE gave Heyman and Dreamer creative run of the show. There were no WWE banners plastered around the show, and there was nowhere near a big arena. The Hammerstein Ballroom. Smark country. <laughs> and what a show. It exceeded all my expectations, and the matches were stellar. Highlighted by Mike Awesome, brackets, rest in peace, versus Masato Tanaka. I was truly impressed when Joey Styles closed the show by screaming, ECW lives! I got to thinking, will we see more of these pay-per-views? It was a financial and critical success, and was a hundred thousand times better than The Great American Bash 2005, the other pay-per-view that month. When the Blue World Order showed up in SmackDown, I thought a resurgence would be in the works, but little to nothing, bar a new DVD, Bloodsport, the most extreme matches in ECW history, came to our attention until nearly a year later when a second one-night stand was announced. This led to, in my opinion, one of the best storylines of the last five years. Jesus. <laughs> Terry Funk, Tommy Dreamer, Mick Foley, and Egg each made this pay-per-view and its build must-see television. Also, we had the prospect of John Cena getting the single biggest booing, and that's saying something, of his entire career against RVD. The hype surrounding the show was a hundred times greater than the previous years, culminating at a special WWE versus ECW show, and then the pay-per-view itself. While 2005 was a celebration of the past of ECW, 06 was going to be the celebration of the rebirth of the new ECW. It was announced shortly before the show, and the internet went into a bona fide frenzy. Sabu, Sandman, Balls Mahoney all signed contracts for the third brand in WWE. The show, in my estimation, was a success. Many thought the inclusion of Kurt Angle on the ECW roster was a bad move, but I felt it gave the brand some star power, as did the big show. You see, most casual wrestling fans didn't watch ECW back in the day, so WWE felt they needed to entice them to the new branch with familiar faces. Cue the almighty backlash of the online wrestling community. Unfortunately, as I have debated with many people, the casual fan is much more important than the small percentage of hardcore followers out there. When the first show on Sci-Fi aired the next Tuesday, it all became apparent. We were not going to see the likes of the Stairway to Hell match or a barbed wire ropes match anymore. Those days were gone. We were never going to get the old ECW. And deep down, we all knew it. 
The hype was so big that fans got caught up in the nostalgia, which is all well and good for a 20-minute segment, but can't be feasible for a weekly television show. Nevertheless, the early shows were entertaining, there's no denying it. Macho Libre, Sabu versus Tony Mameluke, Tommy Dreamer trying to make the big show prove himself to the fans, in inverted commas, and RVD finally getting to wear a world title made for good TV. Hell, it was refreshing not to have John Cena or Batista all the time. He was on the show, you fucking moron. <laughs> and of course, there were some of the new guys. Mike Knox, in my opinion, had so much potential. He looked like he was genuinely demented. And he could wrestle a half-decent match. And the whole overprotective boyfriend thing? It fit well. But why, oh why, couldn't he talk on the microphone? Then, when ECW aired from Philadelphia, a lot of things changed, in my opinion. RVD and Sabu smoke the Genji, and the fans like us get punished. Yeah, the Big Show could have eventually won the ECW title. Sweet Scrubs reference, by the way there, Kevin. But with such a fragile thing like a new ECW brand... What were they expecting when they put the belt on a guy who'd been in ECW for just a few weeks? Everything they were doing was being scrutinized on the internet. So why would you do this? Ratings go down. Big Show wrestles Batista. Brackets. Zzz. Kane? Question mark, question mark. And Ric Flair? Exclamation mark, exclamation mark and keeps the belt for what seems like forever. The beginning of this next paragraph is in all caps. December to December was the biggest disaster in wrestling history. The hatred that spewed from those fans was difficult to watch. Nearly six months after a successful one-night stand, they somehow produced this. Paul Heyman was sent home, and Bobby Lashley won the belt. And that, my friends was when I stopped watching. You fucking liar. You watched it all. Two months go by, and I... Two months go by, and I don't watch a single episode of ECW because I didn't like the prospect of Bobby Lashley as my champion. However, my interest was rejuvenated when I read that Mr. McMahon would be on ECW. Hmm, interesting. Thus began the New Breed versus Originals feud, which was actually the best thing they'd done on the show so far, in my opinion, because it was an actual storyline contained within the ECW show, and not just leftovers from Raw and SmackDown. Elijah Burke, Kevin Thorne, Matt Stryker, and Monty Brown are four of the best commodities that brand has. Burke and Stryker, great talkers, and the four complemented each other well against the established Dreamer, Sandman, Sabu, and Rob Van Dam. My only gripe with the whole thing was the match they had the week after WrestleMania, 4 on 4 hardcore in brackets, should have been at WrestleMania because it was better in almost every way. So here we are, months after WrestleMania, to find the company under scrutiny from Congress and the wrestling world generally in shock in the wake of the Benoit tragedy. And your priorities are in order, Kevin. <laughs> the originals are all but gone, and the new breed is splitting up. The show has no resemblance to the original ECW, or even to the show that was airing on sci-fi a year ago. But it still serves a purpose. 
It pleases me to see CM Punk in the main event and the likes of Stevie Richards, Elijah Burke and others getting television time on Tuesday nights in a company that currently has more wrestlers and less main eventers than ever before. ECW does what it did over 10 years ago. Help build new stars and give the younger guys a shot. It sure just would be nice to hear someone chant ECW again. Fucking awful.